and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain scenes or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Godless Revolution on tonight's show. Guns, guns, guns! And, and guns? <laughs> oh, and, and don't forget Tennessee. They got some whack jobs over there. <laughs> a little bit of Tennessee. Yeah, a little bit of Tennessee. All right. Also, we have Taylor Grin, yes. guest tonight. Excellent guest. I'm very excited. He joins us for the full two hours. Woo! Fantastic. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates them too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution, everybody. I'm Dan Ellis. And Ryan Duffy. <laughs> Ryan's here two weeks in a row after being gone for two weeks in a row. It's weird. Now the universe is even. It's it's straightened itself out. All is right with the world. Yeah, that means you can't come next week, though. All oh, is shit. right with the world. <laughs> uh, but, but we don't have a show, then, Dan. Uh, today is Tuesday. Monday. Monday. I did that last week, too. Yeah. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. Monday. Monday, October 5th, 2015. This is episode 72, and tonight we have a guest, Mr. Taylor Grin. Uh, we're very happy to have him on the show. Um, he's, a, he's a fan of the show, and uh, we've kind of run in the same circles for quite a while. Uh, I bumped into him in Memphis, actually, at the American Atheist Convention. How you doing, Taylor? I'm doing... Excuse me, I'm doing well. Good, good. So... Uh, you'd, you'd contacted me and wanted to come on the show. I think tonight we're going to talk about some of the mm-hmm. gun violence going on in America. We're going to talk about the recent shooting, uh, some politicky stuff, and just kind of go through some news items. Uh, Matt, Matt left his binder full of women at home. <laughs> and <laughs> Ryan and I, I have this, I have this Google Doc uh. set up that we drop stuff into. Of course, I don't think Ryan or I actually dropped anything into it. This yeah, week. I, I no. you know what? You're gonna make fun of me for not being techie, but you fucking guys use that just as little as I do. So, <laughs> well, we used to use it all the time. Then you just came so well prepared all the time with notes. We never got to any of our stuff. We dropped into yeah, it. We were sitting back and resting on our metals. <laughs> well, the the one oh. thing the one thing I can say that I remember from my research this week is. Um, Google seems to have no idea who Taylor Grin is. <laughs> so, I mean, we tried, st- we tried cyber-stalking you. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, we could start from the top. We could talk about Drift, um, what you're doing in, in Dixie, uh, or, or wherever you, wherever you want to go. Well, and you're not even, yeah, you're not even um, in Utah anymore, are you? No, I'm not. Um, I moved uh, shortly after graduating from college back in 2012. I went to uh, Dixie State. Uh, I guess it's university now. Um, I was there the last semester. It was still Dixie State College. So, so there's one thing on my uh, 
on my diploma, but another thing on my resumes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so while I was there, I worked with uh, another guy, Mason, and uh, some of the other students there and other members of the community there, and um, we created a club that we called Drift, um, which was Dixie Reason, Inquiry, and Free Thought. I think they're still around. Um, we just got together at a, at a local coffee shop, and it was kind of one of those things where we we put an ad in the paper and we're like, hey, I want to hang out with more, like, atheists and, and basically non-Mormon people. And, and, like, we wrote it and people came. <laughs> and now it's, it's pretty big, if that that goes together. Um, I didn't know you I guys moved. actually ran an ad in the paper for that. Yeah, yeah, we did. There's a, a newspaper called uh, Southern Utah Independent. And um, we took out an ad there and in the spectrum and basically said, like, hey, are you, you know, interested in skepticism and rationalism and, and atheism and that kind of thing? Well, meet us at, you know, X coffee shop and, uh, you know, hang out with, with free-thinking individuals. And then people started showing up, and we were kind of like, oh, I feel like a dog who's chased a parked car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now what so, do we do with yeah. these people who are showing up? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And and it's still, from my understanding, because I'm still part of the Facebook page, but I haven't lived in Utah in like two, almost three years. <laughs> so I guess um, like they still get together for weekly discussions and that kind of thing, but it's largely kind of devolved into like two or three like core groups of like kind of self-orbiting groups of friends um, that just sort of get together and hang out and like throw Frisbees around and, and drink coffee and stuff together on a weekly basis. Um, <laughs> which I mean, it's fine. You know, it's, it's kind of become this, this like little social club, uh, in town, which is great. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, Utah, like you don't meet people that well, if you're an adult, like if you're out of school and if you're not Mormon. So, right. You know, and having it at a coffee yeah. shop is is probably the fastest way to make sure you're getting non-Mormons. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially on a Sunday, which is when well, they yeah. tend to meet. You know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've always disliked the way that religion kind of co-opted, uh, like, like social functions, you know, uh, from weddings to weekly get-togethers and potlucks and things like that and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's time we take some of that stuff back, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. When it's nice to it's nice to be able to be able to find your people, you know, to yeah. to just even just see. I can't imagine seeing an ad in the paper that just says, "Hey, want to hang out with some atheists? Come and do it here." Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Like I, well, I, I thought that was a little strange, but I think that's that's awesome. I'm glad that people found it and, and they, came out. They probably didn't word it like you did. <laughs> <laughs> want to hang out with some atheists? Yeah. Come do it here. <laughs> I'm sure this. Gosh. I, I bet if I dug through my emails, I could find the original text of it. But I, I would honestly be surprised if it was too different from like, "Hey, atheists, meet up, let's go." <laughs> atheists assemble, <laughs> roll out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, a couple years later, well, about a year later, um, I was kind of stuck. I was I was doing like middle management kind of stuff, and I was getting bored with life. So I was considering going to law school. And my dad was like, "Well, have you considered joining the military instead?" And, Somehow, a month later, I was swearing in, which was weird. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and so I went to basic training. And uh, before I went to basic training, I'd heard like horror stories. Like if you're if you're in the military and uh, and you're not religious on Sunday, like instead of going to a religious service, you're pretty much scrubbing toilets. And I was yeah. like, well, that sucks. So I got in touch with Jason Torpy over at the Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers, which is a mouthful, so I'll call it MASS from now on. <laughs> um, well, it's a classic military technique anyway. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> or uh hua, whatever. Right. <laughs> um yeah, so I so I got in touch with him and he got me in touch with some local uh folks down in San Antonio. 
Um, and, uh, and basically, like, when I went to basic training, we had this initial briefing uh, in this big chapel that was like, okay, these are the religions that exist. Each of them is going to give a five-minute spiel. Then afterwards, you're going to go off to, like, whatever religion you prefer, and you'll talk to that, like, religious officiator more about the services, and then that kind of helps you determine where you go for eight weeks of, of Air Force basic training. And um, so pretty much, like, I'd known that that was going to happen, so as soon as that was over, I went to my TI, which, as you can imagine, you know, three days into basic training, approaching your TI and saying, uh, sir, my religious needs aren't being met, uh, was a fun fun encounter. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> in while in basic training. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, while in basic training, like, newly shaved head and everything. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I basically, like, I, I wanted to keep the conversation short, so I was like, uh, sir, my religious needs aren't being met, here's a piece of paper, it has contact info of people who can arrange for my religious needs being met. Can I please leave without doing push-ups, sir? And uh, <laughs> and he was like, well, this is above my head. So we talked to the chaplain. And um, no, surprisingly, course. the chaplain, like, worked very, very well with me. Like, I, um, like I, one of the funniest things about the story is, like, people tend to, like, kind of push adversity on their interactions when, like, dealing with, with, like, entrenched Christianity or whatnot, or religiosity, I felt none of that. Like, I don't know what was going on behind the scenes, but, like, the chaplain was extremely pleasant with me. Um, for the couple of weeks I wasn't going to, to services, like, they allowed me to go off to the side in a conference room and just hang out for a couple hours studying. Um, I, I read the good book um, that was done by A.C. Grayling. Um, mm-hmm. I had that sent to me. All right, that's like the, and, the um, humanist's Bible kind of thing almost, Bible, right? yeah. Yep. yeah. So I, I spent my religious time reading about the uh, the Battle of Thermopylae and other Greek history from the Go- uh, Good Book. Nice. So yeah, yeah. And then after three weeks, they had services, and we initially showed up with eight people. By the time I left, we had like twenty. We were in a foyer area that was between like where oh gosh, I'm trying to think who it was. It was the Buddhists and somebody else, and we were in like the lobby area outside of where they were doing their services, which was actually great because so many of the people who were going to the Buddhist services were like, oh, I'm actually an atheist, and this is just the closest <laughs> right. thing I could find. Right. <laughs> and, and so now they've got something like 120-ish people attending weekly, and the graduating basic training class is like 600 people weekly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk. Yeah. So, but that was a few years ago. Now I'm not really doing anything in the, the atheist community, but I'm I'm kind of trying to change that. It's just also trying not to create a conflict of interest with my career field. You know, yeah. you have to kind of tiptoe in the military. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, I'm sorry for talking so damn long. That's my uh, that's my history. No, that's no, awesome. That's neat. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know they. I had that option when I went through basic training. So I just yeah. Well, you didn't. Um, I didn't. You no, went, yeah, uh, it wasn't around. Years. Yeah, because I I went through two thousand. <laughs> Two. This mm-hmm. was this was Army. No, this is Air Force. Air Force. Same thing. Lackland Air Force Base. Wow. And I yeah. did the same oh, cool. thing. Yeah, I, I, I was. We got the option. They actually told us, going, "Hey, uh, here's Sunday service. Here's you no, know, all line up. Go there. If you don't want to do that, you guys can buff the floors." So I was yep. like, "Okay, yeah, I guess I'll was... go take a nap in a pew." <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I went. I went like. Oh, gosh, one week I did go to the Islam services, and I had to basically leave early so as not to, like, get into an argument with the guy there. Oh, um, when he, oh it was bad. It was really bad. I had to excuse myself because he started playing this video that was, like, 
predictions of modern science that existed in the Quran. Oh, I was oh, sitting there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so bad. It was... I was like, remember where you are right now, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> How can we shoehorn in our ridiculous backward beliefs into oh. what we know to be true now? It was it was insane. Yeah, no, it was it was literally everything I could do to hold my tongue because I'm I'm a pretty confrontational person. Uh, <laughs> and and no. <laughs> it yeah. was nuts. We might have fun tonight so. then. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think we had the option of going to a, a Buddhist or is an Islamic like prayer mm-hmm. while in basic. I remember you had the new age Christian, which had the rock band playing on stage and they had the biggest area. Then like <laughs> Presbyterian and Baptist and Jewish was like all I remember. It oh, wasn't, wow. Yeah. It was, no, they've got, they've got Mormons, Wiccans, uh, Buddhists wow. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's... A lot of people would go to the, the Wiccan one and they would basically like bring cookies and let people meditate. And then they started getting wise to that. So they had to start doing the meditation standing up. Uh, <laughs> you can't meditate standing up. <laughs> it's, it's, you can meditate on your back snoring. I have to lay down with the lights off and a pillow over my face. Why do they care? Because they don't like you sleeping while you're at church. You, it, well, they don't like you sleeping at all. There's like yeah. this archaic rule in the uh, whatever that UCMJ, the the military like law book, basically says you can't sleep on duty, and they're like purposefully trying to keep you like sleep deprived throughout the whole process. Because mm-hmm. you know the whole thing is about like stress escalation. Like they're trying to teach you stuff under stress so you remember the other stress. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so like the sleep deprivation is a part of it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yep. I just remember trying to but, find ways to sleep with my head facing upwards like I wasn't sleeping. In the UCMJ, that's, oh, yeah, that's no. the Uniform, Uniform Code, Code of Military, Military Justice. Justice. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yet another acronym, or initialism, <laughs> I guess. But, yeah. yeah. I, yep. I loved when I worked but, for the DOD, like, a lot of the acronyms that they have have other acronyms in the acronym itself. Oh, it's, like, yeah, it's uh, turtles all the way down. Like it's it's nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, what are you? T- I I'm, yeah. I'm a civilian all the way, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What's an acronym? <laughs> yeah, what's no, an acronym with, within an acronym. What is that? Like you would have an acronym, and within the acronym, one letter would be a full thing. A, another acronym, like uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, some, I can't think of any. I'm trying to remember some. It, it was when I was doing a lot of documentation for the software that we were doing. Um, oh yeah. But um, within the soft within the documentation, you ha- you know you can use an acronym, but you have to define it within the appendix, and mm. and so sometimes that mm-hmm. was a, that was a chore because <laughs> in order to define the acronym, you had to list out the other acronym within the acronym that you've just defined, mm. and yeah. Yeah, sorry I asked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't understand any of it. You lost me at, like... Acronym? Yeah, no, like, coding and military and appendix. I I don't care. Uh, So so what are you up to now, man? You're just trying to get back in Um, the the atheist game, or...? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, like when I was when I was in college, I was a news editor for the student paper, and I had an opinion column. Actually, I had a radio show for a little while, and I just miss, I guess, producing content. And and I, I feel like there are a lot of, how would you put it? My general criticism of criticism industries, which I think atheism and a lot of other like activist kind of movements are, are associated with, is that they tend to be like kind of in a, a negative note, which definitely I think needs to be there. Um, but I don't think there's enough, like, 
I guess, positive, like, like pushing forward the point of view stuff that's coming out of that. Um, and so I think that's, that's the route that I'm wanting to take going forward. Um, and honestly, just getting back into the writing game in general, but I, I feel like that's an area where I can contribute because I identify much more as being a humanist than I do as an atheist. And, you know, obviously those things are not by any means incompatible. They're not even overlapping magisteria. It's just that, you know, they, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more concerned with like, okay, I went through my angry atheist phase. Now what? And so that's, that's what I'm wanting to get back into, especially now that, that like things like gay marriage are legal. Um, you know, I, I'm a lay leader within humanism and I'm working on becoming a, a full on, not military chaplain, but what the humanists call chaplains, which okay. is basically a priest mm-hmm. and being able to do things like weddings and that kind of thing for the groups, which priests will typically not wed. And I would hate to be in a situation where like I or someone I knew was getting married and, and someone's trying to push religious overtones on them when they don't want them. You know, that's yeah. a huge chunk of our culture that's missing. And so I think that that positive movement um, you know, is, is something that I'm very interested increasingly now in, in moving forward. And so that's something I'm, I'm starting to explore. You know, I spent the last couple of years kind of stabilizing myself in this new career. And now I'm, I'm like, okay, well, what can I do? You know, how can I start being a better part of my community? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a worthy cause. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all excellent too. You know, I, I'm, I'm still angry, and I probably always will be angry, <laughs> just because I see so much bullshit going on around me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I don't know. I think I think the anger for me is a good motivator. I, I love talking about a lot of the positive stuff that's going on though too. And I think I think we try to do a little bit of both on the show, but we're yep. we, we mainly bitch. Probably me. Probably me <laughs> much less than you guys. But yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. We, you know we 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 gripe and complain about a whole lot of stuff, but. I think we try to do it in a fun way sometimes. Well, you know, for me, I, I mean, and this is just my own personal opinion. I, I'm, I wrote that short essay on Disney atheism and everything because of this. You know, I don't give a flying shit about it. I, I, I don't care if people think I'm too grumpy or if I'm too unapproachable or if I'm too firebrandy. I don't give a fuck because my goal in this movement I is I am to- what I am and that's all what I am. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I eat me spinach every once in a while, but you know. But my my goal is to keep this moving forward. You know, I mean, if everybody if everybody just stopped where they were and were like, you know, hey, lovey dovey, everything's nice, we're all good, everything's fine, then we get pushed back. Just I mean, we had this movement happening in the early in the early 1900s, and by the time the 50s and yeah. 60s came around, we got so lackadaisical that. McCarthy and everybody came right back in and swooped right in and took all this shit over and that's why we're dealing with Tea Party now. So I'm not about to give up any ground on this even for a second. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm okay to be I'm okay yeah. to be aggressive and be nasty about it. Um I understand that there there is room um, and, and and purpose for people to be a little softer, kinder, gentler. You know, it, we have to have that on the front lines or else nobody's coming in. Nobody's going to come into the movement at all. But once they get here, mm-hmm. I'm 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 happy to take them the rest of the way. That's fine. But uh, so so I, I yeah, don't care about yeah. that at all. But um, I mean I but I but I do respect it in other people. Um, what what's what do you draw yeah. do you draw a distinction between agnostic and atheism atheist or uh, what's your position? Well, okay, yeah, and and to back up just one step, like when I say positive atheism, I don't mean like ah oh, peace and love and putting a dandelion in your rifle. Uh, oh. <laughs> like no, by all means, if somebody believes stupid shit, I'm going to call them on believing in stupid shit. I just think it's like, okay, well, there is no God, and what? You know? Oh, um, right. but, but yeah, no, as far as, as 
Yeah, as far as uh, atheism and agnosticism, I mean, no, they're, they're two different issues. You know, I really like um, uh, over at the atheist experience, you know, where they talk about this pretty often. Is, you know, agnosticism mm. is, is um, or agnosticism knowing is, is asking the question whether or not you think you can know about the existence of a deity. And, and theism or atheism is, is then whether or not you believe in that, in, in a deity or not. And so in that way, like scientifically speaking, Yes, technically I'm an agnostic atheist because you can't like prove a negative. But on the other hand, like as Dawkins said, I'm like a, a 6.9 repeating on the Dawkins scale because uh, every single claim that's ever been made about any type of god on this planet, I reject because they all make no sense or they're internally inconsistent or like Mormonism. There's just no, you know, basis in believing in the religion. Right. So, I mean that, you know, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I think we're I think yeah. we're all pretty much there. I yeah. I might take it a hair further just to say that there are certain gods that I would say absolutely do not exist. The Christian god yeah. being no, I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 I mean if mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and to take another to take another example from the atheist experience, um, Jeff D is probably one of my favorites, uh, who says, you know, hey, if you wanna if you wanna take me over in the South Pacific Islands and tell me this totem pole is my god, and you can go and knock on it, and every you know, fine, okay, fair enough. That god exists, you know. But I mm-hmm. mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, when you're talking about omnimax beings and stuff, no, no way. Yeah, well, and they're logically inconsistent. Like right. you can't have a being that's all knowing and all powerful. It cannot happen. And loving, yeah, so. uh, yeah, omnibenevolent yeah. as well. Yeah, I yep. actually heard a new one when I was in San Francisco. The cab driver I had picked me up was talking about this and I don't know what brought it on <laughs> it was just you just started having a conversation we were talking about how like oh this, there's some weird people around here it's like oh you want to hear about weird people because I hear there's this guy in this part of Hindu religion over there in India that walks around naked and women go up to him and pray on his dick he's like, like uh, EY or AY yeah they pray on his dick <laughs> like like pray like they go up to his like they worship his his dick and this, uh, then he went on to say he goes yeah it's a whole thing before they get married, they have a big phallic statue that the women go and put milk on. And the man has oh to go to that statue and drink the milk before he's allowed to go consummate the wedding. Like it's some sort of ritual they go through. And the guy that walks around buck naked is like the walking version of that. And the women go up to him and kneel down in front of his penis and pray. <laughs> I'm like oh my. my cab drivers. I mean, I'm like that's kind of cuckoo. He's like, yeah, it's part of the it's it's, it's a part of a it's a Hindu sect over there that that do that. I'm like, okay, that's hmm, that's, yeah, that's that's, that's a little weird, bizarre. Man. I'm wondering how that's, you, that's very bizarre. Yeah, I'm wondering how they pour the milk on this phallus, and then the guy has to drink. No, no, it. they don't pour it on it. Like they like they leave a cup of milk on the top of the phallic penis statue, and the guy has to go and retrieve Ow. the milk and drink it, but uh, on the night of their wedding. Yeah. Uh, you know, that doesn't surprise me. I was listening to, like, um, Freakonomics or something like that a couple weeks back, and I guess they bag their milk. So, I mean, I think it might be a little bit less difficult than trying to, like, balance a, a cup. glass cup <laughs> on, like, a, a curved object. Yeah. So at least there's that. <laughs> a, mil- a milk sack on a dick. Nice. Yeah. Huh. Yes, that's... Wow. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned McCarthy. Yes, I did. <laughs> have you... Did you watch the Colbert thing on... McCarthy, who's running for the the House Speaker? No, you know, is he related? I don't I know. Hope not. Oh, okay. I, I, I honestly, I have not watched any Colbert since he made the switch. 
I haven't. The only no, thing that I've watched good. is this clip today. Yeah, not 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 for any particular reason. I love Colbert. I just it, I just haven't I haven't found the time. Well, I've I've been I've been doing a lot of studying and researching for the show that I just didn't fucking happen to remember. <laughs> was uh, he the McCarthy no. guy that dropped what that said they did the whole Benghazi thing in yes. order to drop Hillary's numbers? One and the same. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Well, and and then that that was gonna. I just basically used that as a little segue to talk about. Utah's own Jason Chaffetz, who's challenging yes. this guy for oh, Speaker yeah. of the House. Oh. Uh, uh, John Oliver, with Last Week Tonight, uh, just did a really good piece on that, about him embarrassing himself with his Planned Parenthood statement. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see it. Oh, his Planned Parenthood oh, stuff I, was... Oh. The, uh, Cecile, mm-hmm. Cecile Richards, or is Cecily? I can't remember. Isn't it? I can't remember <laughs> which, which one. <laughs> but the, the president Cecile. of Planned Parenthood... You know, he he whips out this little chart, and he's like, "Well, if you look at this chart, you can see number of abortions going up, and other other types of healthcare going down." And she's like, "I don't know where you're getting this. This this is completely unfamiliar to me. Yeah. I haven't seen this chart anywhere before." And he's like, "We pulled this straight from your from your company's or, or Planned Parenthood's own paperwork, and this is coming straight from you guys." And yeah. she's like. And, and then you see a guy stand up behind her and kind of whisper in her ear, and she's like, oh, actually, my attorney just advised me that this comes from... Like the Liberty Council type yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I can't remember what religious group it was, and, and, you know, she points that out, and he's like, oh, um, well, well somebody else have some <laughs> we'll, things we'll to say? We'll look into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll definitely look into that. But she's like, she's like, oh, clearly this isn't about you getting to the truth of anything. This is just you yeah. know, basically a witch hunt. But but the whole thing that she yeah. was trying to point out that he kept blocking her on saying was we perform breast exams and if we find something we send them to a place to get mammograms. And I go, well, well, you guys don't perform mammograms. It's like we didn't say we did. <laughs> we perform breast exams, right. not mammograms. That's we never said we perform mammograms. Now drink this milk off my well, penis. <laughs> and and the other thing too, the other thing too is that is as I looked at the chart. And and they've got like this these two like intersecting lines basically trying to show abortions going up and and breast cancer screening is going down yeah. and the breast cancer screenings are going down from like one point two million to like eight hundred thousand yeah. whereas the abortions are going up from like two hundred thousand to just over three hundred thousand yep. but they're showing these lines intersecting and it's like do you even know how to graph <laughs> yeah, yeah do you even graph bro. Well, and, and they were and they were and they were totally straight lines too, yeah. right? I mean, like, there's no variation right. at all through. I mean, I, I, it, it was it, a first grader making a graph. Yeah, it looked. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. looked like a fourth grade special ed student, and I'm just like, this is fun. Come well, on, and, dude. and that's, that's 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 giving them too much credit out of idiocy. You know, no, they were being intentionally dishonest in representing right. yes. data, like. Right. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you could see how much it just played into his own his own confirmation bias, right? Like he saw this chart, this goes up and that's bad and this goes down and that's bad too and this is going to be great to use in the hearing cuz this is bad and I'm going to show her yeah. without even fucking stopping for a minute to look yeah. at any in anything on there other than this is bad and this is bad and that's going to be good for me in the hearing. But then there yep. then there was the was it South Carolina, North Carolina Democratic senator that came up there? And he spent his whole seven minutes not talking about Planned Parenthood, but talking about all the other entities that the government gives money to in the billions of dollars and having them giving it to their CEOs and going on vacations. Oh, that was John, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, old civil rights leader. Yeah. He's been in Congress for quite, I'm quite like, a while. He made a very good point. Like, these are the people we should be going after and taking money away from. That we're, we're giving right. you know, 500 million and a billion dollars to, and we gave you 50 million. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. 
Planned Parenthood's well, a drop and, in the bucket. And, right, and, and U.S. tax code anyhow prevents those federal funds from being spent on any of their abortion services. So, I mean, if they're getting that money, they're getting it from not the government. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... In, yeah. Which, yeah. Well, which was the Hyde, the Hyde Amendment yep. disallows that money being spent yep. on abortions anyway. Yeah, and that was a point that they just would not let her make. Yeah. Right. right. And I know when the uh, uh, lady that runs the Planned Parenthood here in Utah, we came on the news and talked about it. She was like, "We get audited four times a year." They're like, "We have very strict oh. books showing exactly where funds are coming from, donations and government funds, and where they all go out to. It's not a, a surprise." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's right. I think it's right. seven separate states now have conducted their own independent investigations mm-hmm. of Planned Parenthood within their states. And as far as the question of does Planned Parenthood harvest and sell baby body parts, the answer is fucking no. no. What are you ridiculous? No. Well, because legally Planned Parenthood can only do um, first trimester abortions. There there yes. are no parts to harvest. Yeah. You know, they only do like the oral, whatever the orally induced, you know, pill form abortion is. That's the only kind they can do. So mm-hmm. this this whole thing is a witch hunt, and, and we all know that. But but you know, there's not a very good job of getting that information out to conservatives, especially. I think. Oh, it fucking killed me. I was watching Fox News. I I do I do it every week. I watch Fox News and and uh, meet the press. Uh, their Sunday shows, and Chris Wallace said, well, we all know it's a fact that Planned Parenthood harvests and sells these body parts. And I'm like, a fact from where the fuck are yeah. you getting this information? And where is your journalistic integrity, motherfucker? Like, yeah. you just said, we all know this is a fact when it's clearly not. Like, what the fuck right. are you basing that on? Even if he had said yeah. that some people believe this to be a fact, or some people are saying this is a fact, but no, he went the full he went full fox and said, "We all know this is a fact." <laughs> I like that. Well, there's fox. only one journalist on Fox, and that's Shepard Smith, and the rest of them are just propagandists. I mean, oh, yeah. it's sorry. I'm very spiteful towards Fox. I just spent my last year long deployment with the only news station in our office being uh, Fox News, oh. so I'm a little. Well we, well, we like, well, Bill O'Reilly's our hero, so we're going to have some. <laughs> I don't know. I can't decide if I like him or Hannity better. We were all very, very upset oh. when they let Glenn Beck go. Oh. Can you imagine that being Beck too Beck crazy Star. for Fox? It's hard. Oh. All right. Well, are you going to hang around and do some news with us then? Oh, yeah. That would be fine, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. I'm, so. Uh, I'm excited to get to the shooting one, but uh, we can do some other stuff first if you got some. Okay. I wish I had my fucking notes, goddammit. <laughs> I feel naked, dude. I don't know what to do. Well, we, sh- we should pull up the Tennessee news article first. Oh, we yeah. have it sitting funny. in our bank right now. The Tennessee news article. Which I don't think we pulled no, I don't think up yet, but while Dan's it. searching for it, we can just start talking about it a little bit. Tell me a little bit about it so I know what to search for. Well, Tennessee yeah, wants to make a... A law, or basically, they're they're going to Congress asking them to pass a law so that when God comes down, yeah, he can't bring his wrath upon Tennessee for gay marriage, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's like, yeah, God, please come here, Uh, uh, please skip over Tennessee, spare us your wrath, your firestone, your brimstone, and all your icky stuff. Sorry, the gays got married. So I found this story on Huffington Post from Ed Mazza. 
It's, uh, the title is Tennessee County May Ask God to Spare Them and Smite Someone Else. Mm-hmm. How Christian of them. Yeah. Well, that's, that's lovely. <laughs> that actually is very Christian, in fact. Uh, the, the story says that a Tennessee county plans to take up a resolution begging God for mercy and asking that the, that the deity not smite their community, quote, like Sodom and Gomorrah, end quote, because of the Supreme Court's ruling legalizing gay marriage. The, quote, resolution condemning judicial tyranny and petitioning God's mercy, end quote, was written by Blount County Commissioner Karen Miller and will come up for consideration at Tuesday night's meeting. Miller's resolution claims the, quote, so help me God, end quote, part of the oath taken by lawmakers means they are committed not only to upholding the U.S. Constitution, but also, quote, higher natural law. Wait, 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 wait. Higher natural law? (laughs) Which is... Don't you you mean higher supernatural law? Right. Uh, uh, that's so wrong on so many yeah, levels. I know, I know, it is. <laughs> and you're not required to say, so help me God. You can also say, I affirm. Yeah, you're not required to say that. Right, and, right. and you're talking about legislation that is ex- that is sectarian religious. Yes. Which is forbidden by right. the Constitution. Yeah, the story continues. Well, now that... Oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say, it is a resolution, though. And resolutions are, are non-binding as opposed to, like, bills. So, I mean, there is that. Like, I mean, it has as much legal way to them saying like we declare every tuesday to be must have sprinkles on your ice cream day but it's still inappropriate they're doing it sorry to interject oh no that's that's fine but i mean the fact that they're bringing this up uh in in a government in a government meeting with other government officials as as if this were appropriate is is what i'm that's what i'm objecting to (laughs) Yeah. yeah the story continues as such the resolution calls on lawmakers throughout the state to quote to protect natural marriage, I guess that's the natural law they were talking about, uh, from lawless court opinions and the financial law- schemes of the enemies of righteousness wherever the source and defend the moral standards of Tennessee. Lawless court. Yeah. So so that's it's like jumbo in, shrimp. Yeah, right? that's an oxymoron. Uh, For sure. It continues, we adopt this resolution before God that he pass us by in his coming wrath and not destroy our county as he did Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighboring cities. As the Passover <laughs> lamb was a means of salvation to the ancient children of Israel, so we stand upon the safety of the Lamb of God to save us. We adopt this resolution begging his favor in light of the fact that we have been forced to comply and recognize that the state of Tennessee, like so many other God-fearing states, may have fallen prey to a lawless judiciary in legalizing what God in the Bible expressly forbids. It's only lawless when you don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So God and the Bible don't expressly forbid it because, as far as I know, the marriage. It of, doesn't say anything about marriage. No, it doesn't. Of oh, homosexual it, yeah. couples, it's not even mentioned yeah. at all. Yeah. So, just the sale of your 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 daughter is mentioned. Quite well, often. yeah. I mean, some some yeah. perverted forms of marriage are mentioned, but um, you know, consensual natural same-sex marriage isn't mentioned one bit in the Bible, so they they don't even have their own book right. And also, yeah. I think it's funny that they have to reach all the way back, you know, what, 3,000 years to a tale about a couple of cities in which God actually did intervene, you know? Right. What, what are you and, fucking and, and, worried about, dude? That was so fucking long ago, he hasn't done shit since. Relax. Tennessee's and, fine. And even within their own mythology. Like, maybe the next time that they see a gay parade with a bunch of rainbows, they can remember when God said to them in their book, oh, after <laughs> right. this flood with this rainbow, like, I won't do that again. Like, right. they're wrong even within their own conceit. 
That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, yeah that, that is actually. <laughs> and as long as you've seen a yeah. rainbow, I'm not going to destroy the world. Yeah. <laughs> the gays, no, are, the gays, gays are protecting are us all. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah and as a yeah. matter of fact, same-sex marriage is the best thing that's ever happened to this country. It's <laughs> even it's according a gay to Christians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it, it, there's gay parades and everything with rainbows everywhere, reminding everybody that God won't do this, and it serves as a reminder to God in case he's pissed off. Like, oh, I'm gonna smite, I'm gonna kill these mother. Oh shit. Ah, uh, the rainbow, that's right. I said I wasn't going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Damn it. All the hell. It's a fucking mandate. <laughs> they found my kryptonite. <laughs> rainbows. Rainbows everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Rainbows. Oh, that's, that's insane, though. <laughs> that's yes. a, that was a great point, Taylor. I hadn't actually thought about that. Yeah, I hadn't either. <laughs> no, nice. that just came to me. I was like, well, these, these fuckers are wrong. Like, came, I don't know. Something came all over you. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just imagine they expect... I mean, there's got to be a county they don't like that they're praying to be destroyed, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, I'm well, sure there there's go. tons of them. Basically, any county that's not theirs. Yeah. So they're, they're, it's all about fucking tribalism. All of California. <laughs> Tennessee tribalism, oh. Taliban. Yeah. All, uh, Appalachia in general, yeah. So, <clears throat> moving on, we have two stories about uh, Michael Savage... Or, as I like to refer to him as his God-given name of Michael Weiner. <laughs> you guys ever listen to that fucking really? guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've heard, heard him. I've heard a bunch of his yep. stuff. Yeah, I used to listen to him all the time, and then I just I stopped because yeah, I wanted I wanted to murder people on the road for no reason. As because I'd listen to I'd, I'd listen to it in my car on the fucking dude. Talk you were machine. you were about to be a Republican. <laughs> I was oh. so close. Oh, that was almost a segue, but we're not going to that story. <laughs> all right. So this this ties into the UCC shooter uh, story. There's there's two of them from Michael Savage. Uh, he suggested last week that the shooting at Umqua, Com- Umqua Community College in Oregon was a plot by President Obama to distract the public from the Syrian civil war. He also claimed that the community college shooter was almost certainly a Muslim, possibly tied to Al-Qaeda and ISIS, but that the media would refuse to report such facts. Hmm. He cited mm-hmm. the fact that one of the Americans who thwarted a potential terrorist attack on a, attack on a train in France hailed from the town in Oregon, where the shooting took place as evidence that the shooter was likely a radical Islamist seeking revenge. Hmm. Not just, not just a crazy white boy? Now let's let's hear what uh, Mr. Savage had to say. Mr. Weiner had to say about. Oh, Jesus! Waiting for updates on the bombing in Syria and who did the Sorry shooting about in that. Oregon. It's that simple. They're hiding it. We know two things right now about the shooting in Oregon. One everyone knows, and one only the listeners to this show know. One, the gunman ordered victims to state their religion. Everyone knows that now. It's on a Drudge Report. He told the after shooting the teacher in the head through a window, the gunman, gunman still unidentified. Demanded that they state their religion. Shooter is deceased, peaceful community, blah, blah, blah. Shooter ordered everyone to get on the ground. Then asked people to stand up and state their religion, then started firing. A caller in the last hour to this program said that this, this small town in Oregon is the town from which one of our American military heroes came from, who took down that cowardly, throwback, Islamo-fascist on a French train a few months ago. Now... I don't know who did the shooting, but it's starting to paint a little picture. A little bit of a John Nagy is starting to appear in my mind. You know, a little bit of follow the dots. 
and you start to trace a few dots and you start to get a little bit of a picture. It's how most people with intelligence operate. Uh-huh. But that's not how the news media operates. I'm just saying. Aren't you news media? That if they yeah. found him with a, a, religious, say, a religious book in his hand, we won't say what of what stripe. Let's say a religious book, a headscarf oh. in his possession. They would say it's not terrorism. It's not related to a religion. And you cannot associate it with any religion. No, you're going to hear that this afternoon. Although we found a headscarf, a religious book, religious tapes, uh, social websites uh, attached to Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Uh, this is not terrorism. There's nothing to see here. Move along. So random incident, another example of uh, guns in our society. Let's move it along. Then they'll have the balloons and the, uh, the teddy bears, and you'll forget it tomorrow. So That's the world we live in. So headscarves and religious books, right? So it's an FLDS woman, obviously. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right, I'm, right, there you go. I'm not sure whether I should be happy that he's at least not saying that this guy was an atheist, or if I should worry that he's saying that he's a Muslim. Like, either, either one is bad. Well, it's, he's just going after crackpot conspiracy theories. Well, that's what Michael Weiner loves to do. Yeah. And when uh, they looked at his MySpace account, which I don't know anybody fucking used MySpace anymore. <laughs> but it still exists. I, I guess so, because that's yeah. where they, they, they dug up that he had liked someone on MySpace who was Muslim. It's kind of the hood, huh. though, now, MySpace. It's, it's the hood? It's where the underground it's, goes? Yeah, it's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> Well, I, so so I was reading uh, in, in preparation for this a couple stories about that. I'm reading a CNN piece on that shooter, and the survivor, uh, she said, uh, and I quote, I don't think he was actually targeting a specific religion. He just wanted to do it for fun because he shot every single one. He started shooting people before even asking yeah. you know, their religion. Yeah. So this is insane. Yeah, the, 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 the report that he was targeting Christians comes from supposedly two so-so eyewitness accounts, survivors of the shooting. But, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about eyewitness accounts, first of all, which, which I give about maybe well, anywhere between 5 and 7% truth That was value. all coming from a single eyewitness. Oh, were they both talking before they... No, it was a single eyewitness that came out and said he was targeting Christians. Okay, well, I, I read two sources, but yeah, I heard there were there were at least a couple. Okay, but but either way, I mean, this is a majorly traumatic event that you're trying to ask them to recall, you know, the specifics and yeah. detail about. I mean, you know, eyewitness mm-hmm. accounts already are extremely untrustworthy, um, and you add in trauma like that. I, I well, don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, it, I don't buy a word of any eyewitness. I mean, I. I don't take that to mean shit. A lot of it just gets lost in the fog of war, right? It's yeah. when when you're when you're in that yeah, just ask Brian that kind Williams. of stressful environment. <laughs> that was the other thing that 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 killed me when I was watching Fox News was that uh, I can't remember if it was Chris Wallace or one of his guests just stated it as fact that this guy was targeting Christians. This was a targeted attack on Christians at this school. And I was like, no, it wasn't. Fucking lion! You shot him, bastards! You, you know shot how easy? everybody. Then why didn't he go to a Christian college? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, or, that's or a that's church. A, that's a super target-rich environment. Yeah, yeah it would right. be so easy to target Christians in this country. I mean, you don't you don't need to look for martyrdom, you know. So the the other thing that Michael Weiner Savage suggested was that the UCC. <laughs> Drink <laughs> like this to, milk off my dick. <laughs> I like I like to hyphenate it. His real name and his new adopted last name, Michael Wiener Savage. Michael Savage Wiener. Wiener Savage. (laughs) 
so the other thing that he suggested was that the UCC shooting was an Obama conspiracy to distract from the Syrian civil war. Uh, he's been cheering on Russia's bombing campaign in Syria, which is most, uh, which has mostly targeted anti-regime rebels rather than ISIS forces, insisting that Russian involvement in the country's civil war has terrified President Obama, whom Savage has accused of supporting ISIS. Hmm. And this is from Right Ring, right ring Watch. Um, Cock Ring Watch. <laughs> let's, let's hear what he has to say about this. This is, this is pretty funny. Very simple question. Do you support or oppose Russia's airstrikes today? Now, please don't call me and tell me he's not, that they're not attacking ISIS, they're attacking Syrian rebels. We covered that baby talk yesterday. Well, let's move the dialogue a little past what we all know is true. And by the way, at the same time, right on schedule, sorry I can't notice it, there's a shooting at an Oregon community college, 10 dead, right on schedule. I'm sorry, uh, I'm not generally given to conspiracy theories, but it seems to be a very convenient way to get Obama's abject, disastrous failures as a foreign policy moron off the headlines. Now we're all focused on the deaths at a community college. I didn't say that it was orchestrated by the government, but I'm starting to wonder how do these things happen so conveniently for a failure like this? Where is Obama? What fundraiser is he at? Where is the, where is he hiding? What? He's yeah. fucking nuts, man. That's part of the oh, reason man. I stopped listening to him. And like, like he got he just he went so far into fucking nutville that I couldn't follow him even down the even down the crazy lane. Like, kind of like Huckabee. Well, right. Well, and, and and okay. So Wikipedia has a shooting tracker, right? And uh, uh, there have been two hundred and ninety six shootings in the U.S. this year, right? Yep. So, yes, it's very convenient that the shooting happened in, in Oregon yeah. on that day. One has happened basically daily every you know, the whole year. Yeah, how many so, days How many days in the year have there been? Not even that many. There are uh, 260-something? Right around there? Gosh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so, so at least one a day, maybe more. Yeah, um, on average, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, we're know. averaging more than one per day. Right, so yeah, so mm-hmm. where, where's Obama? Like who? F- right. Who fucking yeah. cares? That's a total red herring. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh man. You no, know, these we- guys are crazy. I was I was raised with them. They're nuts. They're all nuts. They're all oh, trying yeah. to find you know ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I have a feeling this conversation is going to end up in in gun issues. Uh, right. You know, Second Amendment stuff, um, which. I'm not totally sure. Dan has said maybe I'm not further left than he is on this, but I'm, I'm certainly more left than Ryan, and I'm guessing with uh, your military background, I'm probably further left than you are as well, but that'll be an interesting conversation when that comes up. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, do you want to move into that now? I've got a couple more things, but are they related? Mm, well, Ben Carson talking about gun control being ridiculous, using a fake Thomas yeah. Jefferson quote. We can do that. We, we, can, we can kick off our gun debate with that. Okay. That sounds good. So Ben Carson, uh, this again is from rightwingwatch.org. Ben Carson cites fake Thomas Jefferson quote to argue that gun control is ridiculous. Uh, story says Ben Carson reacted to the shooting of 10 people at an Oregon community college last week by warning that it would be used as a quote... An excuse. I'm sorry. I need to. I'm trying to get into my Ben Carson voice here by <laughs> you have ma- grabbing talks. imaginary boobies. Yeah, imaginary <laughs> boobies. And talk slower. An excuse. You know, to in, grab 
people And you got to pretend guns. like it's the first time you've ever touched them. <laughs> <laughs> My thinking is that we're not going to use that as an excuse to take people's guns. That's ridiculous. Guns don't kill people, Carson told Iowa conservative radio host Jan Mickelson on Friday. Carson also falsely claimed that the shooter targeted the college because it was, quote, a gun-free zone. And, quote, the school was, in fact, not a gun-free zone, and several students on campus were, were concealed carrying at the time of the shooting. Later in the interview, Carson cited a fake Thomas Jefferson quote to claim that gun regulations don't work. Let's listen to that. said that when the uh, automatic weapons, not the automatic, semi-automatic weapons ban expired, that uh, Bill I imposed, it had a 10-year um, ex expiration date. Bush did not renew it. Uh, big mistake, and she wants to, to, to reimpose that. Oh, to, to what degree does, how far does the Second Amendment go about what style of weapons are, uh, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of dissent over some of these Well, issues. the people who want to get rid of our gun rights, I want them to tell me exactly how that stops these kinds of incidents from happening. Because the people who are going to commit these crimes, they don't care about your silly rules. <laughs> They're right. not going to pay attention to them. So all you're going to do is create more vulnerability. As Thomas Jefferson said, he said the people who will be uh, disadvantaged are the ones who are law-abiding. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that Thomas Jefferson quote. No. No, it's because it doesn't fucking work. Oh, yeah. As Thomas Jefferson said, you can't believe everything you hear on the Internet. And, and I, think, I, think, I think that whole, the, the whole um, sentiment he expressed there is bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you know, when was the right. last when was the last time a gun toting civilian stopped a mass shooting? It's in never this happened. Country? It has happened. No, but, it was 30, not, 30 not, something years yeah, ago. Not 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 recently. Well, and it certainly hasn't stopped any of the last three hundred we've the, had. So that that argument's bullshit. The only recent one I could think of that possibly could have turned into a mass shooting was the one in Texas where it was a cop that was off duty. So that's not. That's not a civilian. Uh -huh. it, it wasn't a civilian, but they're in. They weren't on duty, but they're still carrying a gun. They weren't on duty, and I'm getting there. Don't worry, Matt. I'm getting there. <laughs> I know where your brain's going. I'm going to go there in a second. Just don't you fucking worry. <laughs> but uh, I saw a person with a weapon drawn walking into a theater. They got out of the restaurant they're eating in, went over there, stopped the guy, and shot him because it was suspected this guy was going to do a recreation of uh, the Colorado. Uh, movie theater shooting yeah, is like, like two weeks later. Either. I don't like that either. I don't like shooting someone in the head and running off because you suspect they're going to do something like somebody else. Well, I, I, that's bullshit. Apparently, too. the person was justified in the shooting because the guy was walking into a theater with a, a gun ready to rock and roll. Fair enough, but but I don't, maybe I don't he, think maybe he was just a big Second Amendment proponent who and likes I, to open carry. And, and I don't think that's up to civilians to decide. I don't but think this was a cop. Are, this wasn't a civilian. And in most, in know, most cases, I don't, I don't think cops should be divvying out death penalties either. No, but in, Not most, in, in most cases where you do have someone that's concealed carrying, stopping an action from happening, or even the one that happened here in Utah in Trolley Square, the person who finally mm -hmm. took the guy down was an off-duty cop okay. that ran out of the restaurant he was eating in. So that goes to show your point. 
that most civilians that carry a concealed gun aren't the ones that are going to stop any of these actions. No, they're the ones committing it. They're it, the, hap- it happens yeah. in less than one-tenth of one it, percent of the cases. Yeah, yeah it's, this- it's un- untrained, right. crazy civilians with easy access to guns that are committing all of these problems. Yes, but they want to spin the story saying, well, if there's more people with concealed guns, this won't happen more. I'm like, well, but it's never but stopped it, it, them. It, That's it, exactly, the problem. The evidence is not on the side isn't. of Ben Carson in this. I guarantee it's not on your side. Just like this, there's plenty of people with concealed carry guns with them, but they're not running to go into the gunfire and try to stop this guy. They're fucking hiding. Yeah, they're 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 doing the smart thing in their which in their they case, should be which doing. Is, yeah, they I don't want to get shot. Right. right. Okay. Okay. So more guns does not equal more safety. It doesn't. Fair enough. Okay, we agree. So this is bullshit. Yeah. The the only times where yeah. I've seen people a civilian draw a gun on someone and shoot them is usually like a car carjacking or a robbery yeah, type even thing. Even the last and, one of those went bad. They shot the well, fucking victim of the carjacking and ran off. There was that one, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you well, know. and and the old man at uh, or not the, it was an old man who finally stopped the shooter just by tackling him. But there was the guy at the Gabby Giffords thing in Arizona, yeah, right, who almost shot the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm not yeah. hearing a lot of opposition. I don't know, Taylor. What do you think? Well, uh, so, I mean, my, my general point of view has always been, I think, that the gun licensing should be fairly limited to individuals who have actually had some level of, of training, you know, not, not just in terms of, of being able to hit a target, which is pretty much all the carry concealed permits look at, but also also your level of, like, trigger discipline, you know, something that mm-hmm. military folks and, and police tend to have. Um, yeah, military you know, and I, folks. I think there's... there's I'll disagree about the police part, but military, sure. For, for now, yeah, I'll, well, I'll, 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 I'll give you a tentative agreement on that hey, one. I'll never forget, keep the mouse out of the house. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. <laughs> keep the mouse out of the house, yeah. Right, right. Well, and it's, it's, it's like, one of the arguments, one of the big arguments I hear from conservatives is like, what happens when one day a big government comes tries to take my gun away? Yeah, you know? sure, it's exactly. Like, I'm a member of the Guard, you know, like all the people who are in the military, you know, and these are my views, not the military, but like all all the people in the military are your neighbors, you mm-hmm. know, they are people who grew up in your community. It, it like, I it, I would not turn and shoot my own people, like this this black helicopter crap isn't ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, but having said that, um, I also... I don't think that, that gun control is going to work. You know, it, right now, on the, on the free market, like, I could order on the Internet almost every single part to an AK-47 with zero regulation over those parts. The only part is, like, this main stock of the AK-47, um, and that I can either 3D print or buy a very similar part that then only has to be slightly modified, you know, with basically, like, a wrench, and it becomes the, the stock to the AK-47, and especially as, as 3D printers start coming out and, and becoming cheaper and more effective, um, I don't think it's going to be possible to really regulate the distribution of, of firearms. And, and honestly, I think that these shootings are, are um, how do you put it, guns enable them to happen, yes. But I think that they also deal with deeper issues with, with kind of the American culture and the American psyche. And so, well, I agree right now, no, I don't think that people who are prone to, to committing gun violence should get guns as easily. I honestly don't think, especially with technology moving forward, that, that some sort of like gun industry control mechanism is going to be adequate to prevent it. So we just throw our hands in the air? Just, you know, whatever. Well, no. I mean, 
I, I think I, I think I partially agree with that. I think I, 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 think, I actually think there were very good points that were made. I just I, I'm just saying in in terms of resolution. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Oh no, yeah, I was just I just wanted say, to acknowledge the point. Yeah, I, I think you know that with with technology moving in the direction it's going with 3D printers, and yeah, you can download schematics to even make just just fully plastic guns. You know, mm-hmm. like like the old time zip guns. Yeah, but. That still doesn't change that we can do some things to make it more difficult for people to have weapons who shouldn't be having them, and to require and to make certain requirements, regardless of where you get your weapon, whether it's three D printed or you buy it somewhere or or whatever, that you have you know that we can create other legislation and regu- regulations around the use and and owning of a firearm. Right. I mean, right. Well, and I think maybe. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. You know, it seems like too many people are caught in this false dichotomy that it's everybody can have a gun or nobody can have mm-hmm. a gun, and that's that's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, neither one is is really the solution to anything. Every, everybody well, having a gun. This I think might is be wrong. where I'm more left. I think. I, I mean, I I agree that that it's definitely a binary sort of a view that people have. Although I would be totally fine if the Second Amendment interpretation meant National Guard and no civilians have guns, boom, take them away, black helicopters, whatever. I'd be fine with that. However, I'm still open to other interpretations of the Second Amendment, like what you're talking about with, you know, maybe there's some middle ground there, whatever. But definitely getting rid of weapons, at least in... I mean, these are not mass stabbings, right? They're mass shootings every fucking time. So, I mean, getting rid of guns absolutely will decrease that. But I don't think you can get rid of guns, is my my point. You can try. You can try. I mean, you can say that you you can't have a gun and whatever, but then, you know, if if people can't buy it from a gun retailer, then they will. They'll they'll 3D print whatever. They'll make their own gun. So we're back to throwing our hands up. No, we're not at all. all. You didn't let me finish. So, So, sorry. So I'm not saying that you. I mean, even if you were to try to ban them, there's just there's no way that you can. Not that you shouldn't try, or that we couldn't inf- that we couldn't pass some legislation to make it much more difficult. And I, I, you know, I think there's I think there's a lot of things we could do. We could, you know, get rid of certain types of things. Like you can't have a hundred capacity magazine. You know, that's that's silly. There's there's no need for that. Limit, limiting the limiting the rounds. Uh, per magazine, so that there has to be some some pause in in the amount of shooting yeah. that you can do at any given time, <laughs> and ridiculous crap like right. dragon's breath and stuff. I think there's no no point to that at all. Well, and you know, I I often hear people bring up the the whole thing about well, you know, cars can be used as weapons too, and yeah. I could just drive my car down the road and run people over. And, and Ryan mentioned this mentioned this pre show. Well, sure, you could, but cars aren't designed to kill people, and when you get a car, you have to have a license to have a car, you have to go through instruction for a car, you have to register your vehicle every year, you have to renew your license, depending on the state, every mm-hmm. five or ten years or three years three or years, however yeah. long. Um, you know, there, there are a bunch of laws around that that I think we could, we could do something similar with guns, and then I think but, something else is that for your vehicle, you also have to have insurance. Yeah. So you have to have insurance if you if you want to own weapons. Great, you have to go through training, you have to go through registration, you have to do all these things, and you have to carry insurance. And so I think, that if you use your weapon or somebody else takes your weapon and uses it, you, they're the people who are harmed through this are going to be compensated because you're carrying insurance. And then that's an extra cost for you. That if you want to do it, okay, 
it's going to cost you more money. Mm-hmm. But I can and also I go think, go buy a car without having a driver's license or insurance or anything. I can turn that car into a bomb. Sure, but I, but and and that's so silly. I think <laughs> I, yeah, you could no, turn I a mean, tire into. I mean, you could turn well, yeah, a rope yeah. swing into. Um, I what mean, do you, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm just the, going but, with the. But the well, other the other point that I was making pre-show about the car thing, which I think is probably the most important one, because I mentioned it. No, uh, but, no, but no, but because cars have a very specific purpose that is used. People use it for that purpose ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Guns have no purpose but to kill. That's their. They don't do anything else. I mean, um, oh, you could target shoot or whatever, but still, the point is. To kill something. I mean, cars have tons of other purposes that aren't. I mean, it's very rare that somebody's using their car as a weapon. Sure, it happens. Then, right? uh, but the main point is that cars are for something else. If someone uses it as a weapon, that's kind of weird. They weren't, they weren't created as some, a means to kill. Some, yeah, if somebody so, uses a gun as a weapon, that's exactly yeah. what it was intended for. So, There's nothing else for that thing. So, why do we see so many people using guns to commit mass violence? In it's America, easy. because it's, it's fucking easy to get available. So if you take away the availability of them to get a gun, they're just going to find other fucking means to do it and kill less people in a yeah. slower fashion. I guarantee they'll kill less That'd people be in a slower fashion. Yeah, just like Sweden. <laughs> but, just like Sweden. All the mass shootings they have. But to go back to the worst school massacre we had in the U.S. took place in nineteen, uh, I think it's nineteen twenties or thirties, where a guy just dropped a stick of dynamite into a schoolroom. Oh, well, okay, sure. And how well, often do we how deal often with that? that happen? We don't because it's hard. You can't buy dynamite anymore. I mean, so yeah, that's exactly an argument right. for not having guns. But, but, right? but Ryan, but no, no. Okay, okay really slow hard, down. It's really so, hard to get dynamite. You, you can't buy dynamite, but you can fucking make your own explosive device. It's not really hard to figure the fuck and out. And you can make your own yeah, guns. Jesus Christ! True. If we were living in a cartoon, all I'm saying is that you take away that means that a psychopath will still find the means to take out his shitty psychopathic intentions, even if it might not be as many. Well, why yeah, not make dude, it more difficult for him to do it? If we were living, well, in I'm not saying don't make it more difficult. All yeah. I'm saying is we need to address the mental health issue of it as well. If, if not just the the gun oh, side sure. of it, we need to address the mental health issue side <sighs> of it. If we were living in a cartoon world with TNT and shit, it would be easy. You just bend the guy's barrel back towards him. It doesn't kill him. It just turns his <laughs> face black for a while. You're fine. You know, but the problem is it's not just a mental health issue. No, I no, mean, it's not yes, just yes, that, prob- but it's a big part of it. Oh, look. The guns are the problem. It, it's a multi-issue when, problem. No bullshit. Because when you go when you go to all these other countries, like in Northern Europe, where they don't have these kinds of shootings regularly, what have they done to eliminate their mul- mental health problems? Free. D- d- look, they still have people with depression. They oh still yeah. Still have people yeah. with schizophrenia. They still have all those mental health issues. But guess what? Those people can't get fucking guns. They can't get guns, and they also got free access to health care, and they don't have to pay all their pocket to fucking go see a psychiatrist, yeah, which costs a lot of fucking doesn't money. Matter. What do you think, Taylor? Um, so, so one thing I think, well, A, I agree with the mental health issue, and I'll get to that in just a second. One thing I think is maybe we should be regulating ammo, not necessarily guns, because guns are really easy to make, even if you're trained in making ammo, like it's a dangerous thing. You know, so maybe the direction we should be going is not regulating, like, the owning of a firearm, but, like, maybe make it really, really difficult to get, like, an assault rifle round, you know, or, or restrict the sale of, of rounds. Was it, Chris you know, who said, of was it Chris Rock who said, everybody can have a gun, just pass those things out like, like Pez yeah. dispensers, but each bullet is, like, $600. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And right, then, and right. then he's or, like, you know, or, you have or, someone shoot you, and then they'll go beat you up and, like, give me that bullet back. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but seriously, uh, you know, I, I don't see why we couldn't, you know, add like a registration number basically to a box of ammo, you know, for, for the same reason. You know, we already have to uh, police our rounds. You know, if you're in, in the military, the police, you, you keep track of how much ammo you expend, you know, and ammo, I mean, people can do it. People can make ammo in like their shed, but I mean, there's, there's going to be a chance of misfire, a much higher chance of misfire than if you buy it, you know, from a major producer and, and, even with 3D printers coming out, maybe that's going to be a much more difficult thing for people to make in, in the foreseeable future is reliable ammo. Hmm. And I think I think that's just more effective way to go about it um, because I feel like the genie is kind of out of the bottle as far as, as the actual guns themselves is concerned. Like, I agree. I don't think they should be as widely distributed, but speaking practically, you know, what are we going to do? And I think that, that on, the, on the, the restriction side, I think that, that controlling ammo is probably the right way to go. Well, I think, um, I think maybe doing both or all three, the mental yeah, health, definitely. you know, license, yeah, registration, training and insurance to have a weapon and then make it much more difficult to, to just buy and stockpile ammo. Um, exactly. Yeah. How, and I think that the mental health issue is a huge thing. Before we jump into that one, um, I'm just curious because I can already see the objections from this, the, the, the ultra right. Um, how do you square the ammo regulation with the second amendment which only talks about firearms mm. that's interesting <laughs> um well i mean it, it seems like you're going to need some some court interpretation there you know uh it, it's, it's not outside of, of the reasoning ability of a good lawyer to be able to say well if if an object depends upon you know something else and that something else needs to be included in the object you know like if we were to say uh, you know, freedom of the press. Well, yeah, they said freedom of the press, but that doesn't talk about the internet. Well, subsequent court has said, like, if you're a internet-based newspaper, yeah, you still have freedom of the press. Like, that's a no-brainer. And so I think the immediate argumentation that the right would be using is like, oh, you know, ammunition is necessary for the use of, of bearing arms, and so it should be included in that legal fiction. So, unfortunately, you know, but that's what they're going to say. Yeah. And it'll also say big government trying to tax and regulate everything oh, sure, or yeah. Obama, you know. Well, you know, and we <laughs> yeah. and we, we covered on you know, a couple of weeks ago, um the basis for conservatism, uh, at least one of the major factors is is fear. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that fear is also one of the leading factors for gun stockpiling. Um and it also in my in my opinion, I, I I haven't backed this one up, but I would be very willing to bet that fear is a major component in religious belief as well. Fear of death, fear of doing the wrong thing, whatever it is, and it just so happens all three of those tend to be found in the same people. <laughs> not always, but they tend to be found in the same people. Now, you guys, you know, uh, I'm not a gun owner, uh, not not necessarily. I mean, you probably could have guessed that, but I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily because you know I have this liberal view of it or whatever i just it, it's i don't know it's never seemed that important to me um yes yeah, so dan, dan and ryan are uh, i would imagine you are but you don't have to say anything but that doesn't matter um but any three of you guys and i've said this before owning guns is totally fine with me and and i wouldn't i wouldn't even care what your interpretation of the second amendment was because I trust you guys. I think you're reasonable. I think you're responsible. I think you have well-reasoned arguments. I think you understand what you're doing. You're well-trained, and you know the implications, and you seem to be of sound mental health. The problem is not you guys, right? The problem, the problem is like in fucking Alabama. 
where they have more teeth than IQ points. <laughs> you know, um, and those guys have and definitely more guns than both put together. Right. Absolutely. Hey, I just have to say, I, I just just came back from Alabama. There's some surprisingly. Well, I don't even want to say surprisingly. I don't want to qualify it. I worked <laughs> with some great people in Alabama. Sure. So I mean, I kind of have to stick up for some of them. But that said, you know, in the more rural areas, I totally agree. Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's where NASA's headquarters were. That's where they built all the rockets. Get us on the moon. I'll switch. Yeah. It to, I'll switch that to Kentucky. Then doesn't matter. I mean, anywhere. Well, they make some great bourbon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, but. Uh, so well, we talked about the mental health aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into the let's get into that. Well, well, one thing I wanted to mention about that really quickly is, uh, you know, prior to the show, that was one of the things that that Ryan brought up is that you know we need we need better mental health things and and you know we need better screenings so people can't get guns and everything. And in my mind, that that would force a lot of people to not get the mental help that they probably need if they think if and, and you see it happen in the military you see it happen oh, yeah. in, in a lot of government a positions lot of where yeah with a lot of vets where you know a if i if i admit to having you know if i if i admit to needing help with any mental health issues that makes me weak that's that's a big perception within a lot of oh, the yeah. culture right and then b mm-hmm. that if i say that i need any kind of help at all that it may disallow me from participating in certain things like like gun ownership and maybe i want to own a gun i'm not you know i'm not psychotic i don't have murderous tendencies or anything i just i'm depressed or i have some other uh, some other mental health issues that i do need help for but now I'm worried that if I go and seek help for those things, that that would disallow me from from fully participating in the freedoms that everybody else has who who won't admit to having a mental health problem. Well, I think it, it comes down to because when you go to purchase a gun, you got to fill out the the thing that goes to the ATF, and they call the number. Like, okay, you check no, 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 and all of these. That's on you to say no. I am not seeking you know medical help for any of this and this and this. You can lie on that all fucking day long, and they're never going to know. Sure. Unless there was a system set up to be where you're seeking clinical help and the person you're seeing is like, yeah, this guy is showing, you know, violent tendencies. He's he's showing this and this that show that he might want to like lash out at society in a way. So then that guy leaves and goes in and immediately kills his his mental health care professional. Well, hopefully not that, but but, yeah, I'm, but not, I'm not exactly sure which side of this you're on. The but no, making but but the point I'm making is to be able to have that person be able to. The psychologists allowed to be able to report certain things that show up that are, hey, this guy doesn't seem very stable and not being stable. So, so how do you control that when the guy goes in to, to buy a gun and they say, sorry, they, you're, you're disallowed because it says they don't even have to have tell you why you're disallowed. Problem. They can just go into it and go, hey, you know, ATF rejected you. And this and this still does absolutely nothing to exclude the sociopaths and the psychopaths because they show up as perfectly normal, intelligent, socially. Uh, capable human beings on mental health uh, evaluations. So, what then? Well, it's you're not going to be able to weed everybody out. Well, and, and I think it's yeah. a, I think having it part of the of the procedure of purchasing a gun is is pointless because it doesn't it doesn't seem to do any good, right? I mean, first it's self identifying. Second, yeah. it's if I do self identify and I can't get it, then I'm going to go fucking take it out on the person who's made it so that I can't. It, it's, it, seems, it seems a pointless effort to me. I think it would be much better to just make the mental health issue a non-issue but, but have better means for people who do have mental health issues to get help for it. Well, yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not, I agree with that. It, it should be easier in society to be able to get mental health is resolved and at a cheaper price. Because let's face it, going to see – and the thing is, is to become a clinical psychologist, it doesn't really fucking take much. Well, and, and, oh, most insur- and most insurance companies will only pay for like 10 visits. Yeah. Like that's what's covered in your health plan is yeah, 10 this, visits. This to is a totally separate somebody. issue. I, yeah. I, I agree – Healthcare needs reform in this country, absolutely. But so so does so do gun laws. Yeah. Well, that, I, that's why I say it's a multi-issue problem. I, I and I just don't I don't think you've made that case. I don't think that the, I don't think the mental health aspect has been uh, of this is really very relevant. I think it is. I think so. If it, I could, yeah, go for it. Um, I, I kind of wanted to get your perspectives on it. Um, in my in my master's program, one of the things I've studied is uh, homegrown violent extremism and the, and the psychological profile of, of certain types of homegrown violent extremists actually very closely matches that of, of individuals who perform these kinds of mass shootings. And the profile of that individual is is first they start to like adopt and then publicly express uh, like kind of radicalized views, mm-hmm. you know, extremist views, and they start to become more and more obsessive uh, about talking about those views. And then what happens is as they start to sort of shut down their social connections and become more radical, they will pretty suddenly isolate themselves. And then once they've isolated themselves, they spend like a, a small sort of dormant period. And then pretty quickly after that is when they actually take action and, and perform some sort of shooting. And, and you know, within this system, I mean, we're talking like, a couple of weeks, you know, where they go from this quiet period and then they lash out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, that having a better understanding of of the fingerprint, if you will, of an individual who is prone to performing this kind of act could also be important to know culturally. You know, maybe we need like a PSA campaign that says like, you know, have you seen somebody who's, who's first expressed things extremely and then totally fell out of your life? You know, and I think that that's, that's almost a community-driven thing, and it takes a village kind of thing. Almost like a suicide awareness like somebody type thing. you know. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I, think, so, I think that's still a point for my side. Well, I mean, you're not going to be able – unless you do – I mean, I don't, I don't get how this isn't going to help out at least a little bit. I mean, from your side saying well, take how, all – I long mean, wouldn't help out a little bit. Like do, do, uh, incorporating more – making i don't know i'm trying to so matt so basically your side is get rid of guns i wouldn't i would not be opposed to the interpretation of the second amendment being national guard and citizens including police do not have firearms yes okay so no civilians allowed to have firearms is your is your your side i I would not be opposed to that but i am open to other interpretations of the second amendment i just haven't heard any convincing ones yet okay so, without that, so if all the guns that are on the market right now are not taken away, and from this forward, this time, this point on, no one else can buy guns unless they are part of the military or part of the police force. How are you uh, still no, going to? No, no. I, I would, I would say, including the police, they're not allowed to buy private guns. I, I would say civilians and police. I would be okay with interpretation of the Second Amendment, meaning only military and National Guard. The National Guard being the well-regulated militia are allowed to buy personal weapons. And yes, and civilians including police are no are not allowed to to carry firearms. I don't trust the police well, anymore. And, and so you, so you're so you're even saying that if you're in the National Guard regardless of why you would want a weapon you could have one. 
Like yeah, I, I would I say, was curious about too. yeah, I would say, I would say, if you're in the National Guard as part of the militia and, and being well regulated, you can have a weapon as long as you're serving in the National Guard those specific duties, not just that sure. you can have one for home oh, protection yeah, yeah. or sure, whatever. Sure, else. sure, sure, yeah. Oh, because that's how as, it came as long as you're serving. You yeah, no, okay. sorry, yeah, okay, yeah, as long as long as you're serving. So when you get out, you have to turn those weapons back in. That you bought with your own cash? Um, well, you wouldn't buy them with your own cash. Yeah, would, I would. I would, would imagine, them as I would part imagine of that's job. that's issued. But I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't gotten into all the funding and how I would think. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that's that's one interpretation. Yeah. That I that I think right now I'm I'm open to that I think would solve the problems, and I'm also open to hearing other interpretations of the Second Amendment. I just haven't heard anything that's... So how would you... What, I, what, what about hunting? And I don't think it would solve the hunting. problems, but I think I it would help a I don't give a, a shit lot. about hunting at all. Nobody needs to hunt. Fuck them. Okay. fucking hunt. Bow hunt. I, I, I have no sympathy for hunting at all. I don't, I don't give a shit at all. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, a, I, yeah, I don't care. I, I, I used to hunt, but I don't anymore. That's 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 a that's a tangential issue anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're we're specifically talking about guns, so bow hunting would be sure. something different. Sure. You don't you don't hear about anybody going on a bow hunt or on a archery on an arrow rampage. rampage. <laughs> um. God, I had another point. But I, I still think I, I think the mental health health issue is a big thing. I think the the thing you got to get around is like Dan was saying. Thing. Well, there's a stigma involved with mental health. People don't want to identify with it because there's that nasty stigmatism wrapped around it. If you get rid of that stigmatism around that stigma around it, it's like atheists. We don't believe in the devil. We're not bad people. We're trying to get rid of that that notion about us. Yeah. We're trying to make people realize we're just your neighbors. We're not a, a, anyone else. I guess. And I trying guess, to make and trying to normalize us where you can go. Hey. Everyone has mental health issues once in a while. It's not a problem to go seek help and go talk to a professional about it, and you know they can help you out a little bit. We can we can talk it out. We can fix your issue. And we're not doing that. It's like okay, I'm going to harbor this inside me, and I'm not going to talk about it. Not going to talk about it because I don't want to be looked at as weird. And boom, I lash out. Right. And if there's no guns to lash out with, then what? I I I still think they'll they'll find a means to lash out. Yeah, sure. But I I think attacking the mental health thing is a thing. But I think that's trying to cut the tree down by, you know, at the branches where I think the gun issue is at the roots. It it may be the root, but it's going to be the hardest root to fucking hack in half. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. Because I don't think we're not going to be able to get rid of guns in this country. Probably we're not going to. We're, not we're gonna also be not going to be able to get rid of mental health. So I mean, well, no, we problems, need to increase so. mental health. Yeah, I said that. I, yeah, mental health problems. We're not. No, gonna we're not going to be able to get rid of, of them. Either, but we need. So. We need to uh, increase awareness about it. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of look at it like you know, you've got a toddler hanging around by a poolside, you know, and the mother repeatedly uh, warns them not to go near the deep end, and the toddler continues to play over there. Um, and, you know, the mother shouts out and the toddler decides to, you know, jump into the deep end and go to the bottom of the pool, you know, and die. Right. And, as you know, as a society, we look at that and we kind of give the mother a hug and we're like, well, you know, nothing you could have done about it. You know, that's, we lost that's, Taylor. Oh, did we? Yeah. I'm going to give him another call here. It dropped out for a sec. That's, oh, okay. That's the baby's fault, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, if the mother is society... And the toddler is uh, uh, the gun. Yeah, you know, or, or the mental health issues, or whatever. Then you know, okay. we're, we're, what we we're got doing, you back, we're, Taylor. We're blaming the wrong thing. Yes, yeah, I'm back. Right. I don't know what happened there. 
Yeah, so, no worries. I didn't think I was going to be that controversial. I'm sorry, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. We're going to disconnect this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I don't know if I got I got the see. I was just talking about the original intent of, of, you know, that kind of militia thing and saying that I don't think that we really need a quick reactionary force anymore that, that the militia would have been used for, but... We're right. probably past that in the conversation at this point. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, I, I, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if any of you guys know, but I believe that when that was written, we didn't have federal uh, a, a federal standing army, navy, marines, air force. No, none of those were well, in existence. Well, so it, was, was, it was it was the birth of the marines. Yeah, we certainly didn't have an air force then. No. Yeah, but I mean, we we didn't have a federal. Uh, <laughs> A federal armed force, right? We had yeah, we no, had, and, we no, had no. individual militias, and, and at the time when that was going on during the Revolutionary War, is was when people were getting together at a house in a town and going, "Hey, sign this paper, uh, lo- join your local militia to sign yeah. up and go off and fight in the war." Right. Not to and go that's to, what was going not, on. Not then, to go to a school and shoot a bunch of kids it, in the head, and that was even during the during the Civil War. People would would hey, I want to go fight. Go to a certain house, certain area in town where they sign people up. They sign you up for the local militia, and you form a regiment right there, and you go off and you fight. So that's why you'd have like, like the Wisconsin's fifty third regiment or the Utah's you know twenty first or whatever forty fifth or whatever you know regiment. It was them making their own regiment, basically making their own rank and structure and everything, mm-hmm. and going off and fighting in the battle. Yeah, so, so going back to what Taylor said, it you know in my mind the Second Amendment was centered around having small groups who who would volunteer to help defend the motherland, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about individual people being able to own weapons for whatever the fuck they wanted. Right. And what and, and yeah. the analogy, you know, here is that like, you know, uh you want a big strong man to protect your family or whatever, right? Or woman, doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, you know, but what you don't want is to is to marry that strong person and have them turn around and beat your ass every day. And turn it into the fact. No, of course not. No, you know that's what's happening, right? It's internal. It's been turned around, and now we're facing the abuse that was meant to protect the country, and it's not fucking working. We've got plenty of of federal money that goes to protecting the borders, protecting you know e- even beyond that, you know, going over to fuck other people over uh, and fight those wars and all that shit. We don't need the abusive husband in our house. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but yeah. like I said, I just when when Taylor said, you know, he doesn't think that we need the the rapid response teams like that, like the individual little militias anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, you know, the word militia is kind of stigmatized to those fucking nutty dudes who go mm-hmm. and play war games in yeah. the woods with each other. You yeah, know? yeah, we we, yeah. we don't need any of that. We don't, well, we don't the huge part of, of it. I mean, the phrase is the phrase isn't even just militia; it's well regulated yeah. militia, which, right. I, which I think speaks very plainly to their intent. Which I think nowadays, what would have been called a well-regulated militia back then is now considered the National Guard. That's exactly right. my point. But the but the problem is that the, the 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 general interpretation of that is unregulated individual. So, but why hasn't the law changed then? Well, I, uh, like I said, NRA. like I said, yeah, well, I, I think yeah. the NRA is a big part of it. And well, and it, but like I said, I'm open to other interpretations of the Second Amendment. I just haven't heard anything that's convincing yet. 
Okay. Now, I guess one thing, one thing I'd almost say is, I mean, we rely a lot on English tradition, English common law. And, and hunting, you know, is a huge part of, of that kind of cultural underpinning. And so, I mean, what do you folks think? Do you think that, um, like, the possession of hunting-specific type firearms should still be restricted? You know, because I can't see anyone going to a school with, like, a bolt action and doing considerable damage, you know, the way that you could with an assault rifle. Well, well like the they can assassinate like the, the president. Like yeah. the snipers in, well, in Maryland? In, uh, in, in Europe, if I'm correct, you are required to have a silencer on your rifle. Oh yeah, what? Because the, the noise what? pollution. Ah. So if okay. you, because you're allowed to have a, uh, even though it's a, a gun-free country, you're allowed to own weapons for hunting. Yeah. And I if mean, you own a rifle, you're supposed to have a silencer on your rifle for hunting. For 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 me for hunting, I you know I I don't see the sport in it. I I don't understand the culture behind it. You know, I don't, I don't get the fun in it. I, you know, well, I don't understand any of that. But, it, but that doesn't mean that I automatically turn myself off and be like, no hunting for anybody. I just, I just, again, I'm just waiting to hear a convincing reason why someone needs to go shoot a defenseless animal. Not that I'm a bleeding heart or no. Well, well, yeah, sure I am. I don't care. I well, <laughs> from from like my family's perspective, like my grandfather and my father and my whole family, we grew up with a hunting tradition where most of the meat we ate came from hunting. Mm. Uh, from, right. from venison to duck and geese and Does pheasant and fish. Well, no, because the deer population has gone way down. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. It's coming well, I mean, right forward. Well, actually, they, I mean, it's, the, it's from chronic, the way that we chronic killed wolves, disease. I mean, deer were, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, wolves, bears, buffalo. I mean, you well, know. no, I mean, what I'm what I'm saying is like because we've killed so many wolves, so many predators, you know, deers were able to uh, oh, to get out of control. control. I, I can I can accept the the argument that you know maybe regulation of the population is a good reason for distributing hunting licenses, you know, yeah. for deer in areas where deer are kind of out of control. Yeah, I don't buy Same that thing either. With boars. I don't buy that either because what, that's you why know, I mean because the <laughs> this world has existed for you know I mean this is an argument to tradition I suppose but. Uh, you know, this world has existed for how long without human interaction, and the animals all, you know, nature finds a way to regulate all the populations. Well, it's just I like, mean, I, you know, a deer population's out of control one year, uh, but then, you know, the next year, uh, the predator population blows up, uh, you know, and all of a sudden the, the, the prey animals decrease in major in size, and then the predators decrease, and it balances itself out. We don't need human well, and interaction. Isn't, and isn't that part of the DWNR's whole thing is, you know, Department of Wildlife and Natural Resources? They're like supposed they're, to go out spotting to see what the population is like, and they give out takes based upon how many animal they, they encounter. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, you know, I, for, for me, myself... I you know I I think hunting is worthless and you know especially in modern days in America yeah I don't, I don't see any purpose for it I, I you know I I guess there's a cruel element to it although I'm not incorporating that in my argument um, that's just me personally I, I and I, I'm still waiting to hear an argument that I think is valid well not everybody uh, lives just on the street from a, a market I know my where my grandfather's well where my grandfather's cabin was where his best friend lived his whole life, he didn't have a grocery store to go to, so he illegally hunted sure. his whole life so he could provide meat and food for himself. Yeah, but we're not we're not talking about those you know four hundred thousand people in, the, in America that don't live near a Walmart. You know, we're talking about millions of people that apply but, for for licenses every year. Yes, but if you if you if you take the gun away from everybody, you're going to take guns away from people who also do subsistence lifestyles. 
Yeah, and I, I would I argue that it's more ethical to, like, say, hunt a deer than to buy, like, factory-farmed chicken or pig. Well, that's You whole, know, yeah, in terms a, of the cruelty per animal. It's a whole other argument, too, I suppose, yeah. You're yeah. still eating meat no matter what. It's just, is it meat you provided for yourself on your own table and went out and and hunted and tracked down and cleaned and butchered yourself? Or is it something that was sitting on a farm in a lot that got yeah, I mean, I, I, butchered I, and fed to you? I actually would agree with... I mean, I do agree with your with your assessment of cruelty there, Taylor. Um, I, I guess it just comes down to a balance of you know, do you wait do you wait human life over deer, um, and are you willing to you know allow those people? Or I mean, I'm not saying that hunters are killers, but I mean, I, I guess that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, if we're going to allow people to have guns and take the risk of human life because we we need a few deer. Well, um, or just look at how the expansion west originally happened. We followed trappers' routes west for people who yeah. traveled west to to hunt for food and skin and trap and provide food and meals, and they provided the the routes going west. And they, if anything, made this country first. Okay, and look how yeah. Romans executed well, prisoners. You know, and well, they, we still and execute they, prisoners. And, what I'm saying is, but, yeah, but what I'm saying that's totally irrelevant. But even even know. though even though hunting isn't a part of your life, that's I mean. Some for some people that's a big part of their life is hunting and fishing and gathering and stuff and like like I said that's just know, kind of I'm an not, argument from tradition though right? yeah that's, and and like yeah. I said I'm not using that as as my main focus of you know I mean it depends on what what do you, what do you weigh a, a human life or a deer's life I mean uh, but the hunting thing is sort of tangential to the whole argument I I like I said at the very beginning I don't give a shit I you know I don't care about people hunting I mean that doesn't even factor into the argument really for me I mean that that's that's just sort of a parenthetical. I guess I guess I'm taking it from a gun owner and part-time hunter's point of view of yeah I I don't see the point in it but you know whatever but if it comes down to killing humans or killing deer I'm going to say nobody can have any you know, until you learn how to play nice okay then you guys can all just will take away your toys until you can figure it out right <laughs> if all you're going to do is shoot deer fine but you're not doing that right you're killing people too but the person so that's killing the people is not hunting how to deer get along we're going to take your toys that's how i see it yeah but i would, I I would argue that the people who are raised in the hunting culture probably have a little bit more respect for the weapon and i and i um, totally agree i think that's probably true but how do you distinguish i mean you know yeah i mean it does I mean, I, it does I would be in favor. At, sorry go ahead I've talked this way. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I've been fairly persuaded by the conversation. I would be in favor with, with pretty much a blanket ban, you know, across the board for people who aren't serving in some sort of, like, national defense capacity while they're in that capacity. But I also think there should be an allowance for, like, a, a restricted-type weapon, you know, hunting-type weapons um, that, that have, you know, pretty severe limitations on, on the amount of rounds you can fire them at what speed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how they're set up. You know, if, if all you have is a is a single shot, you know, manual reload, twenty-two rifle. Uh, I mean, frankly, you're not going to do much damage with that. I mean, if you're shooting a twenty-two rifle at people, the twenty-two round probably isn't even going to kill someone on the first shot. So, or a there musket you or go. a blunderbuss. Well, well, blunderbuss will <laughs> fuck you up. And and so, yeah, you know, to expand on what you just said, um, I, I would be totally, I'd be totally willing to to accept those parameters, um, and. Even even maybe expanding it to higher higher velocity or higher caliber um, weapons for people who can demonstrate that they're in regions that require hunting or at least use hunting uh, for like you know far north 
Wisconsin, Minnesota, Alaska, whatever, you know, when they're in rural areas or maybe in the deep south or what now, fuck the deep south. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, you know, something like that, that sounds reasonable to me. I, I would be okay with that, you know, but that, that, I, I think that's, I think that's a, an acceptable, uh, interpretation. Well, and, but it's still, like you said, it's still parenthetical to the, to the, to the, vast majority of people who own guns. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but but I think but I think based on, you know, with what Ryan was saying and and with what Taylor was saying, you know, if if it's, you know, severely limited and we're talking about people who um, subsist on this stuff and that you know tend to be better trained and more responsible and they they need the weapons for certain purposes for survival or even, you know, maybe not necessarily, but it's it, but it's more convenient to survive that way. They're not they're not the typical person that's that's doing the, that's, you know, committing these mass shootings. I, I, I would be okay with, you know, allowing that, that sort of a thing. Uh, I think that, I yeah, think that well, would reduce the mass shootings by, you know, I don't know, hundreds of percents. Just, just, yeah. That. And it's, it's a more political, it's an easier political pill to swallow too, you know, cause then they're relying on the argument. They're trying to take our guns away. Well, no, you know, if you hunt, keep your gun. We're just trying to take away these kinds of guns that take some of the steam out of there. Their argument, I think. Yeah, it would. It would, it would yeah, still it takes be, a bit of the wind out of the same. And that's that's the it thing. Would I think it would still be upheaval from would hell, be impossible yeah. to enforce because, like, when they did the the assault weapons ban uh, with Clinton, if you already owned it, they wouldn't take it away from you. You got to keep whatever you had, just that no one else was allowed to purchase anything else. Well, so would sure. you say that that's that that was a failing of the legislation that they should have taken it away? No, I'm saying that if it happened again, it would probably fall along those lines where. If you already own it and you bought that gun legally, since here in Utah there's no track record of what you own, nobody keeps a record of it, then how do they know who to come get it from? So this is something I should know and don't, but does anybody happen to know what the constitutional laws are in Australia for gun ownership? Because I know they had that one mass shooting, and then they turned in you know almost half a million you're, you're you're allowed to keep guns for I know ranchers are allowed to have guns and you're allowed to keep guns for hunting out there actually. okay so this is exactly what Taylor and I were just talking about yeah. I mean something like that and their mass shootings have almost dropped to completely zero well yes they since, haven't had a mass shooting since then yeah so okay mm-hmm. so they have dropped to zero but but I but they also required the turn-in of guns which I don't see happening in this country that's why I was wondering what the constitutional uh, rights are in australia for keeping bare arms if they don't have that then that's easy we do so that's that's the yeah that's the problem i i, I don't think you would be able to take away what people currently own well, but, yeah but, that, well, and, and we're talking about the constitution as if it's sac- sacrosanct and has never been changed before which is demonstrably false yeah you I mean, can they, they can get rid changes, of the second amendment any day the they time. well I mean, we had prohibition as part of the Constitution, and that was changed. Was it 18th? Blacks could not vote as part of the Constitution. Women could not vote. Those things have all changed. The the Constitution is supposed to be a living document. Yeah, it's fluid. Fair enough. Right, right. And and I mean, Jefferson said, which I'm not misquoting him here. It should be (laughs) re-changed every every twenty years. You know, that was one of the things that he argued for. So, yeah, I think it's important for us to reinterpret it. Very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a living document. It's not something that's supposed to be set in stone. It's not it's not fucking religious canon. It's these are the best things that we could come up with at the time, but we know that shit's going to change over time. So. Well, look, I mean, 
I, I'm fine with that. Like I've said from the beginning, I'm I'm open to different interpretations of it. I, I'm just saying, you know, what I think the objection is from going to be from the right, because as far as they're concerned, it is set in stone. You know, they're the ones right. that are like, you can have my guns bullet first, and blah, 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 you know, all that <laughs> bullshit. You know, uh, well, so. but they're they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, if, if well, they have yeah, the, if they have the view that wrong. it doesn't, they're change. wrong about everything. I, I <laughs> yeah. get I, you don't have to convince and, me and that, that. And that's why I, I don't think it would be practical to be able to take gun, the the guns people currently own and take them away from them because. Unlike Australia, where they had like three hundred thousand weapons, in the U.S. you got like two three, million three, weapons. Three hundred million. I think they had yeah. more than I'll they just, had more than that. But but even then, I mean, they still said turn in, I, turn in your I weapons. I think it was around a half a million. Yeah, they they still said turn in your yeah. weapons, and and what are you gonna right. do? If, what are you gonna do if you don't turn in your weapon? Then you've got something in your home that you is can't illegal. really use anywhere and is illegal. And if you're caught with it, you can face fines or jail time. Mm-hmm. And I mean. So why why bother keeping it at that point? Unless you just put it in your storm cellar for the zombie fucking apocalypse or or you know when when the armed forces of the United States do turn against the people which is a fucking ridiculous fear that yeah. a lot of these people have. Yeah, it's all fear. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the other hand though, now that you mentioned the zombie apocalypse, I've changed my mind. Everybody needs to have a gun. <laughs> No, you don't. You don't want something that you're going to run out of ammo. You want you want a blunt object or a sharp object or both. Hey, MythBusters did a test on this, and they said that the the, the sword or the axe doesn't go so well. Yeah, machete. Uh, good to know. No, well, the, no, it was a standoff distance they didn't have. Yeah. Well, they're trying to hack one okay. zombie in the head, and another one came at his back. Yeah. The guy with the gun well, was able to keep shooting. They were using it in, uh, in Max Brooks's book, the Lobo, the like shovel thing. That's what we need. <laughs> I don't know but, if I know what the shovel thing is. We're, I'm not sure we're, what that we're is We're all either. looking at each other yeah. blankly. Oh, I'm not sure. Have you guys... Okay, well, I, I feel like an asshole now. No, there's this great book, uh, <laughs> yeah, World War Z, which is nothing like the, the Brad Pitt film. Like, okay. It's an amazing book. So, sorry. No, I, I, uh, this, this guy, that guy at the party. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just talking to three guys that aren't as well read. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um... Okay, well, so I've shifted my position slightly. I think I've incorporated yeah, elements likewise. of all three of you on this on the after this discussion. Yeah, the only way that we're going to get Matt to sway a little bit more this way is we need to take him out shooting some weekend. Hey, you know what? I have I have been shooting a bunch of times. And I've been shown up by my 14-year-old, and I believe and that's it. why I hate guns. <laughs> yeah, and you know, every time I've tried, I've tried to shoot a 45, and every time I try to hit that thing, I'm like, I would just, if someone was coming at me, I'd be better off throwing this goddamn thing at their face because I can't hit shit with this. And so, <laughs> you know, so I, I don't, I don't really care. I just, you know, but as far as the arguments go, um, I think there was some. I think we made some headway. I think I think there was, a, I shifted slightly. See, I think with, I mean I wasn't set in stone on it. I just I just wanted to hear different interpretations of it. I think I think there was some good stuff that was brought up. Like, so like with me with like the firearms that I own, I have uh, the very first twenty two I ever got when I was twelve years old. Like my grandfather gave me, so that's like something that means something to me. I've got a revolver that was my grandfather's that he gave. Mm-hmm. That was in a box of his stuff that I found after he died. I have that gun. Mm-hmm. I've got a rifle my father gave me. 
no, I'm never going to get rid of that gun. Sure. Then being from the military, you know, I've got old world, uh, old world War II rifles. That's, you know, it's more of a nostalgic thing to be able to go out and like fire a gun that was from World War II and possibly served in World War II. Mm-hmm. And then I have the M16s and stuff where I'm like, this is the gun I used, not the one I personally used, but similar to the ones I used, right. you know, overseas and stuff. And I'm like, I, you know, it's it's something I got to use, got to be familiar with, and got to be really good with using. And it's just kind of a I like to go out and be able to shoot. Right. And I, I guess, you know, I'm going to, at the risk of sounding a little bit cold, I don't care about emotional arguments and I don't care about a market. Oh, I know you don't. Because, I mean, my grandfather was a, was a manager at Smith & Wesson for 50 years. My uncle worked there for 40 years. My dad inherited 1,200 rifles and some of those were flintlock blunderbusses. I don't care. I mean, that doesn't matter at all. That has nothing to do with the safety of the citizens of the country or whether or not firearms are necessary for every redneck yokel to be able to own it when they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. But I, I still couldn't turn in a that. gun that my grandfather gave me for a birthday present. That I <laughs> that was his birthday present when he was twelve years old. That well, guns I, and I understand there's no serial marks on them either because these were from like 1940. So how about this? How about if rather than turning it in, uh, you could make it inoperable? Mm-hmm. Pour molten lead down the barrel. Oh, that would be no fun. Then I can't go out and shoot it. <laughs> That's the point. That's I mean, point. in one of them's a single... I mean, you, you, have, you have an emotional attachment to yeah. this gun because it was your grandfather's. Is the emotional attachment the actual firing of the gun? That's where you get well, your emotion it's, it's from? Well, it's the gun my grandfather taught me how to shoot with. And? And so going out shooting, it's kind of like, hey, if my grandfather taught me how to shoot this gun, maybe if I ever have a kid, I'd like to sh- teach him how to shoot on that same gun. I guess I'm... I'm so yeah. I have, you know, I have it's guns tough, too. Man. I have, I've it's never, tough. I've never purchased my own gun. All of my guns are, are hand me downs yeah. from from my father or my grandfather, either one of my grandfathers. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I kind of liken it to the, the emotional attachment I have to the guns is, you know, I, I remember going out hunting with my dad mm-hmm. and my grandfathers and 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 doing that kind of stuff. I don't have to go and shoot to remember where they came from or or why I have them. The same way that I have a putter that was my grandfather's that I used for quite a while, and then I bought a new putter when that one, you know, basically, I, well, I backed over it with the car on it. <laughs> so it has a little... So it doesn't work anymore. It ha- well, it works. It has a little bend in it that makes it not quite so reliable when I'm doing the plumb bob thing, but, you know, and it, it doesn't mean that I have to throw that away or, or surrender it or get rid of it. I plan on building a nice little shadow box display and putting this mm-hmm. putter in in there that I got from my grandfather. You know, it's I don't I don't have to actually use it to remember where I got it from or or to have fond memories of it. It's it's still something that I can cherish and keep without having to use it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I tend to err more on the side. I think that, that regulation is probably wiser. Um I think that especially regulating the ammo is going to be a little bit more enforceable. Um, but I mean if people want to kill lots of people they're going to be able to do it. You know, you can really easily make homemade explosives, you know, fertilizer and diesel fuel. Um, you know, if you if you really want to kill lots of people, you can do it. Yeah, but even, you know, even so I those things, you know, when you start to buy those things in those numbers, you know, the FBI takes notice, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly right. what it should be for firearms. That's that's my point. Yeah. Which is where the father shooter yeah. came in and said, how the hell is my kid able to buy that many guns without us fucking even knowing it? Yeah, he had 13 legally bought Rifle, uh, firearms, you know, at, even according to the I don't even know DEA. how he would afford that. Yeah. Right. Right. Unless he's just buying really cheap guns. Well, he wasn't <laughs> dating, so... And he only had one friend on his Facebook, which goes to show what Taylor was talking about earlier, with they looking at, you know, people closing themselves in and breaking away from society a little bit and 
right. going extremely antisocial and going on a shooting rampage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, check in on those yeah. people well, that you haven't heard from. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the mental health issue that I think is is at least as important, if not more so. I mean, yes, we should regulate, but I think that that increasingly finding ways, you know, whether or not it is like say, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of sh- talking out of my mouth here, but like. Uh, uh, you know, checking Facebook, you know, like we, Facebook found an algorithm. They noticed that like the speaking patterns between two individuals where they would escalate and then suddenly contract, right. Which showed that two individuals on Facebook were getting into a relationship, you know, target was able to identify that the woman was becoming, you know, was pregnant before she knew it, you know, so maybe there's a way to like monitor, you know, and, and this is something I'm only speaking about hypothetically, but like, why not? Why not consider something like that too? You know, what if there was a way to like monitor an individual's social, you know, predilections and then determine like, oh, that guy just got quiet quick. You know, maybe we should look into him. Yeah, it's you know, it's that in- might be an option. Yeah, it's incredibly legal for a company to track your d- going on on the internet in order to advertise on the side of your screen to want you to purchase more things. But it's not legal to go, hey, this person's showing antisocial, psychotic tendencies in his online murderous rage. Yeah, on his during his yeah. online search, like, hey, we should probably ping this guy. Something's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I think, right. I think yeah, because would... I mean, you you could do that with Facebook. Suddenly, they're they're citing a lot of extremist websites, and then all of a sudden, their their interactions with other people plummets. I mean, that's yeah. that's an algorithm I literally just came up with. You know, algorithm you know used loosely, but mm-hmm. a philosophy that, that could track that kind of thing. So why not? Yeah, you know. And I think that would be a a, a great blanket to throw on top of the. Uh, Regulation and control issue uh, enforcement, mm-hmm. and then better mental health care, better, much better well, mental health care. Yeah, yeah, better mental health care, not just for the whole gun issue, better but just for care, yeah. their personal being. I mean, it's. I mean, get rid of the gun issue. People in this country avoid mental health like the plague. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. it, make it so it's not avoidable as as avoidable. They avoid mental health issues like physical health try, issues. Yeah, <laughs> try to try just try to yeah. remove the stigma. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is the, the fucking cost. It is. Yeah. When I had when I had that legal issue going on, and I had to go see a clinical psychologist, three thousand dollars for three visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and if any of you who haven't seen it yet, um, just this last week, uh, John Oliver did his his big segment on mental health, and it was a great segment. So. Um, I kind of wish I'd had something prepared to be able to like throw a clip up or something like that, but he yeah, covered it really we well. You know, the issues like that we have. <laughs> yeah, John Oliver does a great job. I love his show. I love the way he goes about talking about these things. I really need to tune mm-hmm. into that. I've seen clips that people have posted and stuff, and they've yeah. all been fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, I, I know I just sent that clip to someone else. I'll throw it on your Facebook later on tonight, but. I think yeah. I think you know. It just so happens that I have that that handy right here. It's it's about twelve minutes long. You uh, y'all want to hear it? Uh, let let's go through it. Okay. And this will probably be the last thing we hit on the show since we're. Yeah, we talked a lot about guns. Is <laughs> since we're since we're getting close to time. Since we're here. getting close to time, this is probably okay. be the last thing we got to talk about. So we can go through John Oliver's thing and we can talk about if we agree or disagree with him. All right. Y'all want to hear? Here you go. The thing actors pretend to have in order to win Oscars. Now, in real life, mental health can be something of a touchy topic. We don't like to talk about it much. And as one psychiatrist explains, when we do, we don't talk about it well. 
That's what I was saying. still is a very big issue. Uh, it manifests itself in the ways that we think and talk about the, the mentally ill and in the, the terms, the words that we use to describe them. For instance? Wacko, psycho, cray-cray. Cray-cray-cray. <laughs> Hearing a bearded middle-aged man use the term cray-cray may have already killed that word forever. It's like when your mom says something is on fleek. It's done. It's just over at that point. But second, he is right. Cray-cray is a terrible name to call someone with mental illness. Although, it is an excellent name for a cartoon crayfish who just won a scuttling contest. (laughs) You did it, cray-cray. You won the race. The point is... We don't, we don't talk about mental illness well. Uh, sometimes, even TV personalities with doctor in their names can get it disastrously wrong. On the next Dr. Oz, oh, Dr. Oz. to know, am I normal or nuts? Should you be worried? This behavior is... It's not normal. Have you gone completely insane? I mean, sir, have you gone completely insane? Completely insane people go outside, suck on a rock, and bark at the moon. Jesus. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is people don't want to be labeled. Sucking I'm Dr. Phil. Yeah. It's not a sign that someone's mentally ill. It's a sign that they are a wolf with an iron deficiency. You're thinking of anemic wolves, Dr. Phil. You're getting confused. But perhaps the clearest sign of just how little we want to talk about mental health is that one of the only times it's actively brought up is, as we've seen yet again this week, in the aftermath of a mass shooting as a means of steering the conversation away from gun control. This isn't guns. This is about really mental illness. In many of these shootings, we have people who have uh, mental disturbances. Do we need to do a better job in mental health? You bet we do. Yeah, it seems there is nothing like a mass shooting to suddenly spark political interest in mental health. Although it's worth noting that Governor Huckabee's state got a grade of D- minus uh-huh. on mental health care while he was in office. And you can't lecture people on something you got a D- minus in. It's like <laughs> passionately delivering a speech on proper English grammar by saying, we need to thunk better about how we does word stuff. <laughs> we need to get it did. <laughs> and, and the aftermath of a mass shooting might actually be the worst time to talk Talk about mental health. Because for the record, the vast majority of mentally ill people are non-violent, and the vast majority of gun violence is committed by non-mentally ill people. In fact, mentally ill people are far likelier to be the victims of violence rather than the perpetrators. So the fact we tend to only discuss mental health in a mass shooting context is deeply misleading. It would be like if the only time we talked about Coca-Cola, it were in the context of this. I'm standing here with this ice-cold, thirst-quenching, satisfying Coca-Cola, and it actually tastes better. Now, more than ever, Coke is it. Sure, sure, that happened, and Coke was undeniably involved in it, but most cans of Coke are not that one, and it would be unfair (laughs) if every time you thought of Coke, you thought of that. (laughs) But if now is our only opportunity to have a public discussion about mental health, then perhaps we should do it. Because in 2013, an estimated 43.8 million American adults dealt with a mental illness, and an estimated 10 million of us suffer from a serious mental illness each year. 10 million! That's almost as many people as live in Greece. And most of us know a lot more about Greece than we know about our mental health system. Think about it. You know at least three things about Greece. Its economy is collapsing, Yanni's from there, and Greek yogurt tastes like the ice cream they'd make in a town where dancing is illegal. (laughs) You know at least three. And when you look at how our current system deals with severe mental illness, you'll quickly realise it's a mess, and it always has been. 
We used to lock people up in asylums, which were often so bad they were known as snake pits. And that doesn't sound like an attractive place to live, even if you're a snake. You'd want some kind of snake loft or snake bungalow. I don't know. I'm no real snake agent. And, and, then, and, then, and then, in the 1960s, President Kennedy signed a bill to try and close as many of those asylums as possible. Under this legislation, custodial mental institutions will be replaced by therapeutic centers. It should be possible within a decade or two to reduce the number of patients in mental institutions by 50% or more. Which we did and used that to see a very really shittily. Because when you see horrible do. places doing unspeakable things to people, you are supposed to try and shut them down. That's why there are so few Quiznos left. But, <laughs> but before you get too proud of the fact that we shut those snake pits down, it turns out we never followed through and properly funded the community mental health centres JFK had wanted to replace them. All of those patients had to go somewhere, and some of the places they wound up are shocking. For instance, a few years ago, the AP found that nearly 125,000 young and middle-aged mental health patients were being placed in nursing homes. And it's not a great idea to just stick a young person in with some old people and then hope for the best. It's like casting Taylor Lautner in the new Best Exotic Marigold Hotel movie. It's unsuitable for everybody involved in it. And some states have been involved in something called greyhound therapy. And unfortunately, that does not mean getting to hug a trembling dog who's 98% bone and gristle. (laughs) It's an even worse kind of greyhound, the kind with four wheels and a broken toilet. This is Rawson Neal, the only state-run psychiatric hospital in southern Nevada. Rawson Neal has been accused of greyhound therapy, a practice critics call unthinkable. Discharging seriously ill patients too soon, then supplying them with a one-way bus ticket out of town. I'm sorry, but you cannot just put people you'd rather not see on a bus to another city. If you could, that's how every breakup would end. <laughs> look, look, Greta, it's not you, it's me, but on the other hand, I think you're going to really enjoy your new life in Syracuse. <laughs> and, and we have not even got into the most depressingly common place that people with mental illnesses can end up. Two million people with mental illness go to state and local jails mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. That's meant there's now ten times more people behind bars than in state-funded psychiatric treatment. That is terrible. Finding out jails are our largest provider of mental health treatment is like finding out Lil Wayne lyrics are our greatest source of sexual education. (laughs) No, Darren, you can't smack it up, flip it like a spatula. Where did you even learn that? What does it mean, flip it like a spatula? Would you like it if I did that to your mother? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, Darren. So don't say it. Look, look. Using the criminal justice system to treat the mentally ill isn't just ineffective, it's expensive and it's dangerous. Because often when someone is having a mental health emergency, the police will be called. And that can end tragically. By some estimates, an incredible half of all incidents involving the police use of deadly force involve a mentally ill person. And to their credit, some police departments are changing the way they do things, even creating special units like this one. These officers are experts in what's called crisis intervention training. Would you say that you really don't want to die, but you want the pain to stop? Would that be? Okay. And you're willing to get some help today? This woman agrees to get help. We'll go in there together. Uh, You'll ride with us. We're in an unmarked car. 
It's all part of a pioneering program where the mentally ill are diverted out of jails and into treatment. Which is awesome. Okay, well that seems really good, but calling it a pioneering program is a little heartbreaking. Pioneering ideas should not be completely obvious things we should have been doing all along. They should be outlandish things that push the limits of the possible. Right. Like a fitted sheet that's easy to fold. <laughs> or marshmallow airbags. Or a sex doll without such judgy eyes. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Linda. I'm lonely and we both know it. Unfortunately, only 15% of law enforcement agencies even have crisis intervention training programs, let alone special units. And taking that training is typically voluntary. And how can something so essential to your job be voluntary? Take the mascot for the Tampa Bay Rays. We don't let him decide whether or not to wear that costume because without it, things can get ugly fast. It's important for doing his job right. And look, that's just a tiny fix. Our whole system needs a massive overhaul which won't be easy. The public safety net for the mentally ill spans Medicaid, which is different across the country. Eight federal agencies who administer 112 different programs that in some way touch on mental health and the social service agencies in each of the 50 states. It is a clusterfuck. Except that's an insult to clusterfucks. Because at least in them, there's the potential of a satisfying ending. This is more of a frustrating cluster dry hump of (laughs) And that's not to say... There aren't programs that work. Let's look at just one. Assertive community treatment. It's designed to let those with serious mental illnesses live in the community by providing regular in-home visits and help coordinating assistance in things like housing and employment. Listen to just one social worker explain how it can work. What makes mental health might not just be a visit to your psychiatrist. It might also mean having your uh, entitlements in place or it might mean uh, having your rent paid on time. So instead of meeting with a person and talking about how they're doing, how they feel um, once a month or twice a month, what we do is everything that it takes to keep people in the community living independently. That's fantastic. Mm. Everything it takes sounds like a much better option than what we've apparently been trying, which is nothing, not (laughs) anything, very few things, not much, and prison. (laughs) And yet, in many states, assertive community treatment programs are in jeopardy thanks to everything from budget cuts to Medicaid reimbursement problems. Despite the fact a study found that these programs pretty much pay for themselves, which is fantastic. Government programs are like graduate students on a first date. If they are able to pay for themselves, it's a f***ing miracle. (laughs) And look, that's just one program. There are many more designed for many different levels of need. And we, as a society, we have to figure out how to fund them. Not just because it makes fiscal sense, but because it would save lives. And if I remember rightly, there are some politicians who claim to be pretty motivated to address this problem. This isn't guns. This is about really mental illness in many of these shootings we have people who have uh, mental disturbances do we need to do a better job in mental health you bet we do okay fine do it then because if we're going to constantly use mentally ill people to dodge conversations about gun control then the very least we owe them is a fucking plan yeah exactly so i agree with that well, and, and I, I agree with his point where he said, you know, a lot of the a lot of the mental health issues talk is meant as a red herring for the the gun problems that we see happening all mm-hmm. over the place, right? It's it's rather than address the problems of the guns specifically, 
Look at the shiny thing over here of, of mental yeah. health. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. Yeah. Well, I wasn't disagreeing with you on saying that we need to have better gun control laws. I'm just saying that taking away all guns is not going to work. Yeah, well, I think I think yeah. it's it, we need we need a multi-pronged yeah. strategy and approach to this, right? It's there's no there's no one thing that's going to fix it all. No. Except for making guns less accessible. But that's not the, but that's not <laughs> just mean, that's not just the one thing. I mean, all, I, I know, all of these things individually may help. Yeah. But it's it's not I just mean, one thing that's going to fix the problem. There's no there's no one idea that is the that is the end all be all solution for. Sure. I mean, I think we came as close to an agreement on this as we probably will get. Um, without boring to death our listeners and probably wasting <laughs> Taylor's time. Uh, but, <laughs> um, you know, I moved a little bit. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't solid in where I was. I just thought that seemed to make the most sense, you know, based on what I knew at that yeah. point. Um, I, I moved a little bit. Um, I I don't know. I I still I still feel strongly about it. But, uh, you know, yeah, it'd be a real it'd be a real project. That's for sure. I just think a little bit of it is the fact that the guns are the easiest thing to obtain. So when someone wants to lash out on society, it's the easiest thing for them to get. Yep. Well, and, and yeah. besides being the easiest thing to get, it's it's well, I wouldn't even say it's the easiest thing to get, but it's it's the it's the easiest thing to get where they can cause the most amount of destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knives are obviously easier to get, but well, yeah. But I mean, much harder to do a ton if, of damage if, with. If one of them took the time to make a proper pipe bomb, I mean, lob those into a walked in the hallway and just lob one into the room, lob it into the room, lob it in the room. I guarantee you, do way more damage than a gun would. Yeah. But it takes more time to figure out how to correctly assemble a pipe bomb without blowing yourself up. So they yeah. get a gun. Yeah, and pipe bombs just aren't the problem right now. So no, well, because a gun is easier to obtain. Yep. There we go. I mean, even in the uh, uh, Columbine, they did both. Mm-hmm. They were throwing pipe bombs at people and using guns. So they and were. They several were, of their pipe bombs failed, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them didn't even go off. Right. Well, I mean, we could escalate this all day, you know. I mean, if you really want to do damage, you'll fly planes into a building, but that's fucking hard to do. So, you know, I mean, you start, you start where the problem is, right? I mean. Well, yeah, but I, I, think, I think at the end of the day, if someone really wants to cause harm, they're going to find a way to cause harm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just not make it easy for them. Is my is my thing. Yep. But uh, uh, do we have anything else? Or are we? No, I think that's about it. We're pretty much at the end of the uh, our episode tonight. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a real pleasure, Mister Grin. Hey, absolutely. Um, I had I had a blast being on. Uh, if you guys have any free time, you know, coming up in the future to have me on again, I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I appreciate your viewpoints and. Uh, I think you, I think some of the stuff you said changed my mind a hair, so so I always appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's, and a, it's a rare occurrence for me, actually. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think we'd we'd definitely love to have you on the show again in the future. Um, you have anything awesome. you'd like to plug or, or or anywhere people can contact you if they'd like, if it's even possible. Oh gosh, um, I mean, I'm <laughs> if that's possible. You know, it's funny because I Google myself and I'm fairly easy to find. Um, Is that true? I feel. <laughs> Uh, not true. Well, gosh, um, I'm easy to find on Facebook, actually. Um, it's just Taylor.Grin. Uh, grin spelt like a smile, G-R-I-N. Um, yeah, so if people want to reach out to me, that's fine. Um, 
I'm looking to eventually start doing something like blogging again. I haven't been doing news or anything like that in, in years, but I'm still trying to figure out the best way to like run a blog without kind of stepping on DOD toes, being a member of the military right yeah. now. Yeah. So right now I'm not doing anything like that, but I want to. I'm just trying to figure it out. So in the meantime, things like this are kind of my outlet. So, yeah. Well, me and Dan both work for the Department of Defense. Kind of. Well, you work. No, I'm, I'm oh. Treasury. I'm, yeah, I'm Department I, I of Defense. I used to work DOD as a contractor. Yeah. Um, now I'm Treasury. Well, I worked at Department of Defense, and I haven't had any shit come down on me yet. Yeah. Well, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> and, and like I said, I mean, it's something I'm wanting to do soon. Uh, so once I know, you'll know. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, if people want to reach out to me, I'm easy to find. If you just do facebook.com slash and then taylor.grin, I mean, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to, to talk to most people. So yeah, unless you're like a crazy Christian trying to convert me to your point of view, in which case, get ready because it's going to be a ride. <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, and, and, and if you do start a blog or anything, be sure to let us know and we'll throw it out on our uh, Facebook page. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you again for having me on. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Same it's here. been a pleasure for us also. Thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, man. Bye. See ya. Bye. I like Taylor. Yeah, yeah he's a good, great guy. Good guy. I, I, I feel a little bad. I, I talked over everybody all night. Well, no, you were fine. That's not always unusual. No, it's not unusual. But <laughs> when we have guests, I usually like to try to give them more time than that. Yeah. You guys, I, can, I don't care. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you were totally fine. Uh, some of the upcoming things we've got going on uh, next week. I anticipate. No, it's not that I anticipate. We will have uh, Greg Hawkins joining us for the Democratic yeah uh, primary debate. That'll be an interesting one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Who's, I'm who's kind there? Of, Is Bernie gonna Bernie Hillary Martin? Uh, Joe. I don't know. Joe's not going to participate. Okay. He hasn't thrown his hat in the Biden, ring. Biden will not be in this debate, which is, I mean, if he plans on running, that's, that's kind of sad. I think he would be doing it by now. There, there are only six Democratic yeah. uh, primary debates scheduled, mm-hmm. and they are not going to have any more than that. So, is there, is, there, is there any truth to Bernie may run independent, or was that just some bullshit? I don't think he would run independent. Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay. So Bernie, Hillary, Martin O'Malley. Who else? The... Oh shit! I can't think of his name. The the veteran. Uh, fuck! I feel bad that I can't think of his name. I can picture his face anyway. The veteran. I I believe there will be four on stage for the debate. So like a normal debate then. Yes. <laughs> that will not be three hours long. I am Hope. guessing and hoping. Yeah, it'll probably be a couple hours. Uh, but yeah, uh, Greg will be joining us for that, and then. Uh, two weeks after that, he'll be joining us for. He'll be also be joining us for the Republican primary debate, That'll which be fun. they will only have one, and hopefully that one will not be three <laughs> hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in between there, uh, Nick Fish will be in town here in Utah, and Atheist of Utah is throwing a meet and greet together for him on the nineteenth, and I believe he'll be joining us for our show on the twentieth. But I need to get get. Some confirmation from him on that. Um, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, if you have any show ideas for us, any complaints, anything that you just love that we're doing that you'd like to see us continue doing or do more of, be sure that you contact us and let us know. You can reach us on the Faces book or on the Facebook because I've been calling it a lot lately. 
at uh, facebook.com slash godlessrevolution. You can send us an email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. You can Twitter our twatter at TGR Podcast. You can also call or text us at 33081Rebel. 33081Rebel! Which is 33081732353. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, whenever you're, and wherever you get your podcasts on your phone or on your computer. Yep. Be sure to also rate us and let your friends know if you like the show that they should be listening to. Oh, yeah. And as always, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks very much for to our guest, Taylor Grin. Very, very much. Yeah. Bye, Bye everybody. Keep giffing, Bacillus. <laughs>